It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate, oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris. And my name is Mike. And this week we're ending 2023 with a bang, and we're going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon Part 1. That's very, right. Very distinctive. There's There are two parts to this movie. So Part 1, uh, we're going to talk about the last DCEU movie uh, with our review of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're breaking down Insomniac's huge hack with the leaks uh, and more. And more. Yes, but it's, this is a uh, <laughs> this is mainly an audio podcast, so yep. you're not really going to see anything that leak. But we'll talk yeah. about it in We've, full detail, which might uh, which might benefit us along the ethical yes. lines of talking about things that are hacked. Yeah, but Chris and I were just mentioning mm-hmm. that uh, uh, the news went so wide after it because it was such a substantial hack that yes. everybody kind of knows about it and is talking about it now so it kind of feels weird to not mention and, it at all and it <laughs> happened literally the week after the video game awards when spider-man was up for a lot of awards anyway so it's like insomniac spider-man was like on the top of everyone's list anyway so it just kind of snowballed into yeah. something bigger than it probably normally would have been yeah, and also it's like pr- pretty much since it's Insomniac, it's almost entirely uh, Marvel video game news as well. Yeah. So usually video game hacks, like we didn't really talk about the GTA hack at all. Like nobody yeah. on this podcast is coming here to. We looked at it. We were like, "That's a video game." We're like, "Yeah, that, that's a, that's a, that's a video game for sure." Uh huh. Okay, yeah, move I, on. Didn't that did that happen? I mean, we're already talking. We're reminiscing now about it was twenty two. It was twenty two. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. That's um, the thing. It's hard to figure out, and it's also Chris. You sent me. I think it was in November. A couple like. DJ like uh, remixes and compilations of people taking songs oh, that yeah. were popular this year and also like themes from movies and stuff. Yeah. And those are really cool. But one pet peeve I do have is, and I, and I get it why you have to get to the jump so quickly. That's exactly why the Spotify wrapped hits in like, I think November as well. Cause once you hit December, all of the, all of that media value, you know, starts mm-hmm. to dissipate. So you don't get as much bang for your buck. Uh, so, uh, luckily there's a couple people that held back some of their like 2023 recaps, um, at least on the YouTube side, some of the people I'm subscribed to until like a couple days ago. And I was like, Oh, I get it. Like nobody is on YouTube really like binging stuff it, this week. They all got other stuff yeah. going on. Well, the other part is you can literally, I I used to make, um, was it like end of the year, like blooper reels whenever I did video work for companies mm-hmm. and I wouldn't. I wouldn't wait till the last minute to make the blue reels. I'd start compiling that project the first month of the year, right? And then I just had to add to it. So any of these, you know, YouTubers who are smart would be compiling the big things every month and then just adding to one big playlist at the end. Yeah, uh, it to does do that, but it. It does mean it feels like there's this unaccounted like December for every year where people do like these wrap ups of like, well, what happened if it, if it happened in December, you know, it might not make any of these recaps. So it's like yeah. this month where like nothing happens, but 
it's kind of the largest holiday. It's Mariah you know, Carey's, uh, you know, All I Want for Christmas is You. That's all. That's the number one song all month long, Mike. We, we can't get away uh, from it. I Everyone's mean, watching saw... Muppet Christmas Carol, the number one movie for the month. So yes. we already, there's your recap for December, folks. We did it. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, Chris. Uh, I mean, I know you whammed everybody last time we were on the podcast, but I mean, I know Rocking Around the Christmas Tree is a pretty yeah. vintage uh, song compared to Mariah Carey, but I think I heard that everywhere this year. Well, that's like kind of making a classic resurgence. Well, the big, but the big, the big thing about that was is people finding out like Brenda Lee was like maybe thirteen or fourteen when she recorded that song, and like it wasn't like a thirty-year-old lady. Like she was just a teenager, <laughs> and I think everyone was like, "No way." So you know, it's one of those things. Like again, the the social experiment, right? Where where something mm. you didn't know comes out, or you're like, "That can't be real," or uh, drama. the Mandela the Mandela effect, right? Or something <laughs> like yeah. literally like it, you. If something like that hits, it's the right vein. You're like, okay, that's going to be everywhere. Yeah. It's drama. It's tea. It's what mm. everyone's looking for. It's a huge I mean, part of Home Alone. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, here in the moment, we're going to do kind of like a recap of things that we liked yeah. here in 2023. But, Chris, you are very vigilant. You, We always put this in the top yes. of our show notes, and it, we forget to get to it right away. We, but well, don't it, forget. <laughs> yes. Don't forget to like and subscribe for our weekly content. I do want to, uh, if you are a new subscriber, we had a bunch of new subscribers over the holiday uh, from our shorts on YouTube. So welcome to the show. We do this every week, except last week we took a break off for Christmas because Christmas fell literally on the day we normally do this. Um, so we're going to be here every week. Um, this is we're going into our ninth or tenth year, Mike, of this. Um, it's hard to keep track of how long we've been doing this. So uh, if yeah. you're looking for a consistent podcast, we're nothing if not consistent going forward. So like yeah. and subscribe for more, and we'll be back every week. Um, but yes. yeah, so Mike, this was. Yeah, we literally this this line of items here for SEO purposes uh, is what it looks like. It literally, we just put it. We we literally compiled it right before we recorded. Um, yes, because I believe in previous years we always come to this episode, the last episode of the year, with a kind of like recap mentality. But then we like get to the bullet point after recording. We're like, well, we didn't write anything down. Yeah. It's like, oh, we forgot. Like. I swear, like now in like media timeline, like things that happened in January felt like they happened Mm -hmm. four years ago, like pre-pandemic if it came out in January to me. So I had to go back and be like, what came out this year? And then it's like, oh, yeah, I did like that movie. But as I was mentioning to Chris off mic is now all of the rose colored glasses are kind of gone. Right. So if you like kind of were digging a movie and then you haven't even thought about it in months, now you're reminded of it. You're just like, Oh, I guess that really wasn't that influential or impactful. So I think that shows here in our lists. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and it's one of those things again. And I think I brought up is the writer strike and actor strike this year. Really? It didn't, you know, content was already made. It was releasing, but like the promotion for things was weird. So we didn't know when things were happening or they just kind of came out. And a lot of things were pushed in the back half of the year, which I think actually helped things breathe a little bit because we are in that post COVID boom of content still. Mm. So I, I think, you know, we had some good stuff here and, you know, I think our lists are going to really tell um, people what, what we do the most because mine is mostly movies and video games and Mike's is mostly TV shows. And yeah, uh, we got, so we, we got like a list of like 15 or 16 here between the two of us. So yeah. for the sake of structure and sanity, Chris, I would like you to just, just read off your list, just read through it and then we'll just react to it. Yes. So, uh, first and foremost, me, I have guardians of the galaxy volume three, which a lot of people do forget came out this year. Recently, Spider-Man PS5. Um, for that, Taskmaster, the TV series, the UK TV series. TMNT, Mutant Mayhem. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And then uh, Monarch, Legacy of Monsters here at the end. So these are things that have been saying up to me. Obviously, uh, some of these are, are, are a little more relevant. A lot of this feels like the back half of the year. 
but yeah, so I mean, to me, to me, Mike, um, you know, we we've talked about um, we had you know three Marvel movies, and one of them to me stood out the most, and that was Guardians Three, like James Gunn's last Marvel movie that we know of, uh, hitting on a pretty high note, honestly. To be completely honest, yeah, for that movie series. felt like it was like protected by an incantation because the script and the cast were kind of already set and good to go and preserved in a bubble before like the the JPEG wave kind of ran through Disney. Mm-hmm. So once it was safe to unlock the kind of primordial egg around it, you know, we were able to just kind of and- experience what Marvel like kind of should have gone, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's weird. It kind of stands on its own compared to all the other Marvel stuff that came out. Yeah, and it's one of the few things, again, we'll talk about. I I felt Aquaman and The Lost Kingdom tried to replicate a lot of this. Um, It's one of the few movies you can put modern or rock songs in, and it doesn't feel, like, you know, forced on you because it's part of the DNA, the structure of the story, right? You know, Peter's always listening to music. There's always music, so it feels good. Also, James Gunn's uh, propensity for... uh, practical effects the aliens look good the aliens look like aliens right like it feels like a very lived in universe rather than uh, it's kind of a sterile universe we might occasionally see an alien but they're mostly human people um so i think they they really and then also the emotional story really kind of ended on a good note and also leaves you know these characters the ability to go in a different way uh in in the future of marvel so i think that was great Mike, uh, Spider-Man PS5, we both played this, uh, right? I, I think you were both on the same page here. Great game, great. Takes mm-hmm. what we loved about the first one and just, you know, I wouldn't say it enhances it too much, but it adds some really cool stuff like the web wings. just adds more of the same and, and yeah, just continues that streak. Yeah, whenever I think about sequels, I think usually about James Cameron when it comes to Terminator <laughs> 2 and Aliens, where it's just like it's the perfect formula. You give me, You give me more of the same but different enough to justify more of it. And like Spider-Man two just nails that formula. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, if you don't have a PS five or thinking about getting one, this is a must have game. I would also recommend playing one in the miles Morales games to, to get in here. The next one is a series, uh, uh, Mike, um, it's new to me, but it's not a new series. It actually started like 20, I think 16 or so in this taskmaster. It's a UK series where, uh, it, you essentially, the, there's a, uh, Greg Davis, who is the taskmaster, and Alex Horn, who's the assistant, who's actually the writer. They had these five celebrities slash um, comedians do the over like several months these random tasks, and then they rank them based on how they did uh, when they played the feedback later. You know, they compile it and they watch it later. Uh, it's a hilarious show. The comedians are great in this. The tasks are off the walls, bonkers. We are just in the COVID era of where we're watching the series now. Uh, so like we're on season like eleven or so, and like you can see like where they're starting to they had like the the distancing on some of these tasks right so you're like yeah this isn't as fun but they, they, they pulled it back together but you said you've seen it more on tiktok lately and i don't have tiktok so i actually didn't know about these like, yeah clips so. yeah because you were you were curious oh should this even go on the list since it's like not really rooted in 2023 and i was like i think the power of like vertical video through mm-hmm. algorithms have made me aware of this and also we've talked about it before on the show but the comedy streaming service dropout has kind of a a, a similar show in a way of where the show's a little different every time there's funny challenges and the main goal is just to be funny overall and that also really really took off this year due to tiktok so maybe like the, the the algorithm just knows me it just knows what i want to what i want to see yeah. what was what was the other show we added this year where uh, it's got the guy running the 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 three people at the podium and i downloaded it 
You said dropout. Uh, I don't think it's dropout. Yeah, uh, game changer game is changer. the name of the game. Yeah. Okay. Game changer. Yeah. I. I. That. That was. That was a fantastic kind of uh-huh. kind of add to, um, and that's that came to that. But yeah, I, to us, you know, we are we are, we're not obsessed with Taskmaster like enough, but like it, it's it's starting to permeate. There's a VR game coming out. We talked about that. Um, I think I sent it to you. Maybe not on the show off the air. So huge, huge for us. Uh, next time I'm gonna kind of group together: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, two animated um you know just huge movies mike this year uh really uh across spiders had a lot to to to, to come off of right the first movie so uh-huh. good had a lot of weight on shoulders succeeded beyond our wildest dreams somehow yeah uh, i would i would almost say just as like um a uh special recognition rec- uh, recognition what were i looking for like just a yeah. uh, notable uh, one that we left off that would fit in there is Netflix Nimona. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ended up watching it or not, but I, kind of, no. I feel like it fits in that same category of, you know, exper- like quotes around experimental animation, but, you know, driving a unique no. narrative, not necessarily appealing to a Pixar or Disney crowd. So, yeah, yeah this was a great year for animation. Yeah, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, obviously, writing on years and years of, of turtle, you know, history and lore, like comic books, mm-hmm. the old animated show, the toys that are even back and being able to literally give us actual teenagers uh, voicing this and with Seth Rogen behind the wheel, just, just a huge powerhouse there bringing turtles back into to everyone's minds for the first time mm-hmm. in a long time. Huge there. And lastly, I'm going to say, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of, I don't watch a lot of Apple TV shows, but I think Apple TV plus is one of the strongest streaming services out there right now uh, with the content. You have you have some shows down here on yours, right, that we're mm-hmm. going to talk about. Uh, even when you thought about uh, that was like almost two years ago now, um, <laughs> Severance, uh, you know, we, we brought it up. But uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters is really, you know, I, I, I love Godzilla stuff. Mike, you saw my Plex server. I downloaded every Godzilla movie known to man. <laughs> yes, I saw that. <laughs> uh, um, all the old ones, uh, just to look at the different eras of them. Um, so a huge, huge uh, call, you know, with, with Godzilla X Kong coming out, but Legacy of Monsters really building this universe out, but like not like in a good way. It's the quality of an Apple show. You feel the production value. They're not shying away from the monsters. They have good actors. You know, name, you know, again, Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell in there. So I, I really enjoyed this show and how it's taken its approach to this. Um, for me, it's just it's just blowing me away because it could have easily been like a throwaway show, right? At the end of the day, but um. Apple, you know, they're, they're stepping up and doing that. And I also have, uh, was it Killers of the Flower Moon, I believe was there? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't watch it, but, I, you know, obviously people people enjoyed it. And I believe there was, I forget what the other movie was, but, yeah, Apple TV Plus, surprising streaming service for me this year to, to really knock it out of the park. Mike. But, okay, let's go through your list. We're out of mine. Let's go through your list here. Yeah, I'll, I'll read them off here in order. I guess I'll group kind of two together of Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom because Mm -hmm. I just got to those this year, so I'll come back to those. Uh, A new show, Chris, similar to you with Monarch Legacy of Monsters, where I haven't quite finished it yet, is Blue Eye Samurai on Netflix. And that was recommended. um, I know you didn't do it on recommend, but Jason, listener, should have recommended that a couple weeks ago Mm. for us. Yeah, uh, we have uh, John Wick 4, Dungeons & Dragons, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Ted Lasso, Succession, Barbie, Gen V, and One Piece. Kind of rounding out there with TV at the end but yeah i just finished um tears of the kingdom like just the other week when we were off of the podcast last week so i played both of these kind of groundbreaking zelda games for the switch in this calendar year and 
I was gonna say, didn't you buy your Switch during like it was a Prime Day during the summer, wasn't it, where we found? Uh, yeah, it was like discount? this summer. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of like binge these back and forth, and like weirdly enough, I kind of wish I got to experience it like everyone else did. I think it's actually detrimental to play them back to back in my head because. I think they're they're too similar. The games are too similar to like when we were talking about Spider-Man uh, Two on the PS5, you know, being more of more but better and different. I don't think Tears of the Kingdom for me is different enough. They give you a fun building mechanic that's really really cool and obviously went viral all over my TikTok. I I was seeing it everywhere on Reddit. People building these awesome contraptions. I even found a new sub subreddit called Hyrule Engineering, and it's all dedicated to people building the craziest stuff people have found way to smuggle these like propellers out of shrines which are things that you load into and out of and they smuggle these components out which you can build with but you're not really supposed to take them out of shrines and they have like perpetual batteries so now there's a challenge out there where people are trying to build like these ultimate flying machines so they can fly all around hyrule without any batteries all that stuff, super awesome, super crazy interesting. I love it. But it's like the same exact game as Breath of the Wild outside well, of that. You're yeah. going to the same biomes. You're getting like the same like MacGuffin from every single one. Mm -hmm. It's like a very similar fight, you know, at the end. So like I think Breath of the Wild is a better game, but I think the the temperature out there is totally different than me. People it's, seem to fawn over Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, and the, the difference in that is those are two games on the same console generation, right? And mm -hmm. Um, Spider-Man, you know, one to two, um, jumped a whole generation. The instant fast travel, right? You know, it's. I would say it even has the same DNA. Like you're doing the same missions for the the. the you have the same map essentially with mm -hmm. a little bit bigger map. Uh, so it's very similar, but you know, in that same generation, you don't feel the advancements, right? It's the same. You know, you're you're running the same engine underneath. To, to get yeah, there, so. and, and it just it kind of almost just ends up feeling like a um, like a, a, a gorgeous, amazing for your value like DLC. Yep. Right. But to me, it was just a little too similar, but I had fun. Yep. But anyway, yep. that was Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild. Uh, Chris, 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 Chris. This I just found this show like two days ago. Mm -hmm. um, no, yesterday, not even two days ago. Yesterday, I'm halfway through it. Blue Eye Samurai on Netflix. I was shocked to see so many uh, creators out there throwing this up on their best of the year list because this just looked like another kind of like 3D animated anime that Netflix has churned out and because they churn out these type of things all the time I just figured oh this is just kind of throwaway. I don't have to worry about this and usually I hate three like three-dimensional animated styles like our anime styles but this is just absolutely amazing it is the story is so good so interesting I, I it's kind of refreshing to kind of see something anime inspired that's grounded like there's no fantasy elements so far as I can tell it's like kind of similar if you've played the video game Ghost of Tsushima where you're kind of looking at um, historical Japan, but, you know, just like any sort of, like, action, like, movie or cartoon, you know, they're going to take liberties with physics, you know, from here to here. Uh, but it's just great. The story's so engaging. I have four episodes left, and it's beautiful. Like, this should be the gold standard if you're trying to turn an anime or something anime style into, like, a 3D rendering engine because they're doing, like, these gorgeous, like, uh, outlines and, and brushwork on like the characters, you know, the, the animation still looks like a rig animated. So you're never 
quite going to capture the magic of 2D animation, but uh, the visuals on top of the story, it's just super compelling. Uh, this isn't really a spoiler because it's the first thing you see when you boot up the first episode, but it's just uh, it's just a couple lines of text that get you into the story. It's all about uh, the 1600s in Japan where they outlawed all foreigners and closed all of their borders. So the only face that you were allowed to see in Japan was another Japanese face. So we're, the main character we follow is uh, as a as a as our Japanese main character that was born from a Japanese woman and a like a white European like invader so uh, you're following this character and the trials and tribulations but it's like so good there's awesome action it's amazing I can't wait to finish the last four episodes uh, each episode seems to be roughly between 45 minutes to an hour it's just it's one of those great great things where you're just like oh this could have been like you know a live action like feature film the quality of like the you know the writing is so good yeah. so very I, much looking I, forward and to I, I, this. and i give a, a shout take to jason uh listener show jason who recommended to me a couple weeks ago uh, he, he's he's he had the pulse of this uh before our last episode two weeks ago to tell me about it and uh again like i said i've just not had a chance to watch anything but uh get, get shout to him for yeah being props. ahead of everybody on that one yeah props to jason uh and I'll, I'll kind of pull the next two together came out earlier this year awesome solid films john wick 4 and dungeons and dragons i forgot, forgot they came I, I, I forgot they came out this year which is not which is not you know um a slight against them it's just they happen so, so much has happened this year already so uh i won't put it against them uh dungeons and dragons chris i was telling you in my opinion is probably one of the best marvel movies that came out this year which doesn't make any sense on face value but if you just look at the dna of this movie it has a hollywood chris in it it has the awesome humor and action that we loved uh seeing in marvel movies you know back in the day i was to me dungeons and dragons is the sequel that there's a movie that deserves a sequel the most out of anything we oh, saw yes. this year um uh, despite you know it being like you know Everything was down at the box office. Not, nothing really, really won uh, overall, other than Barbie and Oppenheimer. That's a different story. But like, this deserves a sequel more than anything else. And to me, this is how you introduce a bunch of people on a team to to foil a plot of somebody bigger than you, uh, Rebel Moon, uh, in in a, <laughs> in a proper way, uh, in in a good way where you care about the characters and have a good time. Oh, uh, so. see, now Chris is showing his hand. Now you have to stay tuned until yeah. the end of the episode to see uh, what he was possibly even mentioning. Yeah, but exactly, yes, but, yes, I forgot. I, yeah, the Dungeons and Dragons, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I hope it does get a sequel. Yeah. So uh, the next three, lump them all together, because they all had their series finale uh, kind of, I want to say, in the springtime, but it was right around the time the writer strike was kicking up. So there wasn't, I feel like there wasn't a lot of ceremony with them kind of getting their sign off, but uh, The Marvelous Miss Maisel from Amazon Prime, Ted Lasso um, and from Apple TV, and Succession from HBO Max, all of these shows were great i love them my wife and i tuned in every single week just a great treat i could talk about all of them for an hour each but i won't but i could recommend all of those to anybody that really likes television and of course uh the juggernaut that was barbie this summer mm-hmm. love the movie oh it's great fun, fun <laughs> thing about barbie um and i i believe maybe maybe it was your wife who, who showed it is it has a um a, a sign language person yeah uh, version and on it, hbo max that, that's experimental 
for that. Yeah, an, an ASL version, which you might just think like, well, what's the point of that if there's captions? I mean, I don't read sign language. I'm not a deaf person, so I don't know. I can't explain, but I got to imagine there's a different way to kind of enjoy a movie if somebody's signing it to you based on if you're reading it. I mean, it's activating totally different parts of your brain, right? Well, and I think, um, again, from watching Great British Bake Off, which is always in our list for every year, uh, there was a uh, signer in in this season, right, for one of the contestants, Mm -hmm. and she was deaf, but not like all the way deaf. So like, you know, the signing helped enhance what she could hear at the same time. So obviously uh, this, we're not the direct audience, but I think, you know, it's 2023. It, you can add an ASL version to a movie, do it. It's not hurting yeah. anybody else. So yeah. I and I feel like the, and I feel like the lift is relatively inexpensive. I got to imagine it, that's just like one day of shooting, you know, mm-hmm. get war, you know, coordinate probably some sort of wardrobe that it, matches the film. And I haven't watched it yet, but it would be really cool if like the signer, like maybe changed outfits, like, like based we, on scenes or something. <laughs> this, this isn't, you know, to, to, to belittle them, but you know, I feel like this is like one AI step away from having it like be like a model that signs based on the words that you have already oh. entered in captions. Like, yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder how that would go. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, and I, I think I think sci- you know, interpreters are very, very important for that. But like at the same time, like if you want to, maybe retroactively add it to movies. That's that's one way to yeah. speed up that. But process. Yeah, if you wanted to go back in mass and do it, that would yeah. be cool. So, but yeah. so, but I think it's a great version. Barbie, obviously, I, I, you know, I saw it, and I don't, I don't know if I saw it in theaters or not. But anyway, I did see it. Um, so yeah. I agree, it's a fun, fun film yeah. this year. It's like, I don't want to say nobody saw the success coming because it was very hyped. You know, it had that synergy with Oppenheimer, but I don't think anyone was expecting just the kind of nuclear explosion that went off at it, the box office when Barbie hit. You just, again, it's, it's some movies you just never know uh, what they're going to do and, and how they're going to be. But thankfully it was both popular and a uh, good movie at the same time. Yeah. And then also this summer, Chris, we watched um, we watched One Piece. We talked about yes. that. We really loved it. Yep. Looking forward to season two. Doesn't seem like it's probably going to hit in 2024, unfortunately. We, so I downloaded Netflix's adaptation of Yu Yu Hakusho uh, as well. Oh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. Oh, I, well, I, yeah, I can, I've only seen it written, so thank you for, for uh-huh. correcting me. Because um, I've heard good things about it as well, and it's only one season. Uh, it's not a multi-season show, so I'm going to watch it because of how good One Piece was and surprised me. And then also, um, not to not to steal One Piece of Thunder, but we also have the Avatar: The Last Airbender adaptation coming up uh, next spring. I, th- I think next month. I think it's January Is or it February. January? I, thought, I thought it was I April, but ooh. maybe I could be wrong. But I feel like it's it's going to be soon. Uh, I'm going to pull um, it up here real fast. February 22nd. So in two months, two yeah. months. We're two months away. So absolutely. So Netflix su- surprised the hell out of us with with One Piece, and uh, I'm going to give them some some benefit of the doubt on their their upcoming shows yeah. to. To see how they do with that so yeah and then uh, uh finally chris you you've told me I'm, now I'm twice it. maybe three times that you will never watch this just seems to be based on principle not necessarily I uh content <laughs> finish the show before you build out worlds like this like i i just want more um more of the boys i don't want boys spinoffs like we have the boys mexico coming out too and Gen V. am sure it's great maybe I'll, I'll watch it one day when it's all done but i would like to just have the regular show going on, if you will. Well, the the great thing about Gen V, which I did watch, my wife and I watched this week, uh, we were able to binge it. I don't think I would have preferred watching this, you know, week by week or 
two episodes each week. I don't remember how it was released, but binging it was a great model for us because we you can take it down in one day, one weekend, you know, eight episodes, you know, give or take 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. So we, we burned through it pretty quickly, but we had a good time. Uh, you're, you're solidly back in the boys universe, right? You know, you're following different characters, you know, in a different structure, but you're getting like the same social commentary, you know, adult, extremely adult themes and gore bodies exploding guts and blood going everywhere so you're getting all that stuff that you know you know is very visceral from the boys uh but kind of from a different angle which is interesting and i always love how the boys never shies away from the inconvenience of superpowers right you know if you're going to be able to do this like otherworldly thing you know there's a double edge to all of those swords which uh comes up into this season i thought the cast is pretty good pretty fun uh, the story really kicks off. You think you know where everything's going to go. They're putting all the chess pieces in place and then they blow it all up, you know, at the end of the first episode, which is exciting and makes you want to watch more. Um, if I had to recommend it, you don't have to watch it. No, they not, are maybe, bringing ho- in the ca- hopefully not. Hopully you don't have to because I'm even more <laughs> mad. They are bringing in characters from the last season of The Boys, so uh, some of them feel shoehorned in, whereas some of them feel extremely organic. So it's a little iffy depending on which kind of character you're getting a cameo from. Uh, but there's a great segment I thought about you, Chris. There's a there's a there's a soup that has a um, skit like a schizophrenia type of thing going on. The century. Yeah, yeah, and every once in a while they perceive uh, reality as kind of puppets, like think Muppets. Oh, okay. So there's this there's this whole segment where like the SWAT team comes in and he dismembers all of them, like he's literally ripping heads off, limbs off, ripping people in half. But he's but it's all happening in Muppets. So like a limb gets torn off and there's like this shiny red like glitter and streamers that come off of them. So at the very least, I think you could look maybe that scene up. Uh, on YouTube or, you know, pull it up on your Amazon Prime. Uh, I'm sure you could, uh, f- yeah. a, a quick Google would get I don't, into that. Scene. I don't know. I've got to pay $3 to watch it without commercials starting next month, Mike, on Amazon. Oh, Prime, so. yeah. I, for, I, I forgot that that's <laughs> coming through. So, yeah, maybe binge it while you can. But without spoiling anything, I don't think you have to watch it because – they are setting some things up at the end of the first season, but it's not clear if that is to lead into the boys or if that's to lead into season two because the world is pretty, pretty connected. So, but I, I had a good time. I had a good time watching it. Um, if you're into the boys, obviously watch it. But you know, Chris, if it, if it's somebody like you that just that just doesn't have the time in the day, you know, okay, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I again, I'm I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's fine. I just don't want to watch it yet. Like I, I'm sure we'll get around to it later. But um, until then, we'll, we'll figure it out. But overall, pretty okay year. There's a lot of content that we didn't name that just kind of came off as mediocre. I don't want to spend you know anything. You know, there's a bunch of disappointments this year. I would say for me, Secret Invasion was probably the biggest kick cool, in the teeth. Yeah, <laughs> kick uh, in the teeth. I'm more like kicking the nuts. <laughs> yeah, thankfully Loki kind of made up for that a little bit. But you know, overall, just kind of meh. Uh, there's a bunch of mess stuff, but this is good to to go over to go over some of these highlights. If you guys have highlights of your own that we didn't cover or forgotten about, because literally we cannot keep track of our years, um, mm-hmm. let us know. I'd, I'd love to hear from you guys. So um, t- uh, shoot us shoot us a message or or tag us or whatever. But let's get into the news. The first thing is I, I kind of sent this to you because I didn't know if I put it in the notes or not, but I've been keeping notes the past two weeks. One of them is that Warner Brothers Discovery is possibly in early conversations with Paramount 
to merge even further into boo, another. Boo, boo, come up with another idea, capitalism. Yeah. Like, it, so, like, like yeah. I, I get it. Like, I can see the writing on the wall that Paramount Plus, you know, might not exist. But just because you're a movie studio or, you know, an entertainment studio doesn't mean you have to have a streaming service. Like, just make content and sell it. Like, Sony you know, does. It, Netflix will buy it. Yeah. Sony's doing just fine. Sony makes some really great stuff. Sometimes I'll turn something on that I haven't seen in a while or a. Uh, a lot of Christmas movies that I liked this year, I turned on and the the opening title was like Sony. And it's just like, oh, yeah, they are a, a really good company that doesn't have a streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. So Sony, Sony makes content and sells it. Um, you know, uh, HBO Max, um, despite, you know, how, how much we, we are against them this year, uh, they are they are selling some of their content, right? Streaming some of their stuff out. Um, Merry Little Batman was on Amazon Prime and they own DC. And I think some of the Zack Snyder stuff is now on maybe on Netflix or something. But the problem with this is Paramount is a huge company. They own a lot of stuff more than just, you know, streaming things. They, they, they make movies. They've been around forever. I believe they own some television um, stuff. I'm trying to I'm trying to pull up what they own. Um, uh, Paramount, that's well, now since they were with they're with Viacom now. So you're yeah. thinking like this is going to be Star Trek, Nickelodeon, you know, SpongeBob, yeah. things like I think Comedy Central as well. Yeah, so they own they own a bunch of television channels and stuff like that. So uh, if there is a merger between essentially what was one to two now three media companies will probably be eyed very critically from the FTC. They're probably going to be like, no, you can't merge. You're going to be too big. Closing on like I wouldn't say monopoly length, but it's reducing competition in the market. So I I feel this you know Warner Brothers Discovery. I think barely got passed. I think this is going to be one that's going to be on the cusp of yeah. probably yeah. Not, not happening. And also I know uh, having the X-Men hang out with the Avengers isn't enough of a reason for a company to buy another company, right? You know, there's no reason people should be cheering in the streets for that, but there's nothing even close to that with this. It's like, what awesome, you know, franchise yeah. synergies it, do we get from WB discovery buying Paramount? They're in, like, what the, maybe the Ninja Turtles, Batman, even though they did that already. But, but Fox also had to sell off. Um, they couldn't merge their TV channels with uh, Disney, right? So there's still, you know, a Fox corporation that does the TV channels and stuff because you can't have all your TV channels under one roof um, well and also didn't i mean they're already pretty close with some of their properties anyway because what's that fighting game that i think got disbanded um where you could be like it was a smash brothers clone but you could be spongebob that fights batman so oh, no that's, that's still that's of, still that's still going on yeah they they still they, going on yep yeah absolutely uh the nicktoons fighters or whatever it is or something like that oh so. that's different no we're thinking oh, of a different one yeah, nickelodeon but, has their own fighter that i believe is still going on but it's like the warner brothers fighter yeah the, that I yeah think it's got disbanded. um oh not rumble verse but something verse but yeah that's still going on that 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 was it it was beta alpha beta but it's still going yes so it, it's still it's still in the works but um anyway but like a mission impossible is also looks like it's one of their movies as well mike um oh yeah uh transformers you know tons of stuff here so it's um i i i'm not down with this uh, streaming services you know obviously we don't need billion streaming services you don't have to have one obviously if you're taking money on just go focus on what you were doing before like right making making movies so uh and putting those out and making good movies in 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 theater so people go see them and you make money so um i i'm i'm not i'm not down with with this at all so but we'll keep you posted if anything comes out of quote unquote conversations that were there 
Uh, this is news as of earlier, right before we recorded. Uh, the company E1, known as Entertainment One, uh, which is owned by Hasbro, has been sold off to Lionsgate officially. Um, E1 was purchased in 2019 for four billion dollars and sold this week for 500 million. So uh, Hasbro took a huge wash on this purchase. Uh, E1, um, the, uh, Lionsgate now owns uh, 6,500 film and television titles, including. Yellow Jackets, The Rookie, and Discovery's Naked in a Phrase franchise. So, see, look at this. Lionsgate, they don't have a streaming service. They're just out there, kind of similar to Legendary, even though I think Legendary is kind of in the pocket of another bigger studio in some way, but maybe not officially. But yes, this is fine. Hollywood, you can just be a studio. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to like like build a server infrastructure for serving a video with a subscription. So, yes. maybe uh, that'll maybe that's the trend next year. People just make stuff and sell it. I believe uh Lionsgate also owns Stars, um which is uh um you know, again, it has their own streaming thing, but it's like an add-on package, so like it doesn't mm-hmm. like they don't just give your content free. So, which is you know kind of kind of interesting as well. They do they do own that. So, um, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, I think this is this is the one way to one way to do it there. So, um, yeah, it sucks that Hasbro took a loss. I like I like buying Hasbro uh, toys, but boy, when they got too big for their britches, it sounds like they uh, they took it they took a wash on that. All right, let's jump into some actual some news news here, uh, Mike. You haven't you've not had a chance to finish this yet, um, or even start it. But what if season two has been dropping daily for the past nine days? Today is the final episode day, and um, I've watched it all but the final episode, so I'm not going to give any spoilers out or anything. But you asked me before this to bring up a list of episodes to watch. Yeah, um, give me like a give me the greatest hits list. Um, uh, I mean, overall, you seem to be they, positive. So they maybe are, I'll just watch all of they them. They are you know? all great. I mean, they're, they're again, they're half hour episodes. They feel longer than half hour, which is great because you're like you, they they're they're quicker, like moving episodes. You're getting a lot quicker in these. But I will I will tell you, I am actually compared to my my everyone knows my complaints. If you're only just changing one little thing about the universe and everything else looks the same, it sucks. I did not like the first season. Season two adds a bunch of different things in at different times. Um, I will say one of my one of the, the ones that, that really um, was surprising to me is what if Peter Quill attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Um, mm. So, um, and what I, again, I, I think I messaged you this earlier, or maybe last night, is I always forget how many of these regular actors came back and voiced all these characters uh, along the way. So that one's really fun because it's um, essentially, um, imagine it's, uh, the whole point of that is, what if Yondu gave Peter Quill to Ego instead of, you know, keeping him. So what, what does that whole universe look like starting from the eighties rather than, mm-hmm. you know, 10 minutes ago? Uh, the first episode, what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps is very much a blade runner style episode as well. Um, which is, you know, you would never think Nebula would be in the Nova Corps kind of deal. So that was interesting. You're going to get a kick out of what if happy Hogan saved Christmas, Mike. It's just, it's a diehard kind of thing, uh, with, uh, happy Hogan at the Avengers tower. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's got, it's got a fun return. Um, you know, my, my wife who's been watching these with me, uh, has said that she has really, really enjoyed this season as well, more than the first season as well. So take it from someone who doesn't watch this content. I was like, that's good to hear because I'm really enjoying these as well. Um, one of the, um, the episode I watched yesterday, the next last episode is what if the Avengers assembled in 1602, Mike, which is actually a, a comic series, uh, Marvel 1602 before. So it was really cool to see what if the Avengers look like, you know, it's not 
you know, like there's a, an Ant-Man in 1602. What does he, what does he look like kind of deal? Mm-hmm. Like, what's that look like? So it's really been, it's really been a good time. Like I said, uh, I've got to watch the last episode, which is combines these all together. And I believe this is, you know, this is rumor cause I've not watched it. it. It might give maybe a glimpse into how secret wars will work since it deals with multiverses and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited to watch this. I, I, um, the, I will give a huge, huge credit out to this. There is an episode six called What If Kahori Reshaped the World? And we've talked about this one for a very, very long time. Um, you know, because we've heard about this. We've seen the artwork, right, for the for this lady. Um, they actually, if you click on it normally, it does it in the native uh, American language. The entire they, they actually recorded it with the, the actors in the language of the Native American tribe that it takes place in. Oh, episode. that's great. And that's the one where they created a, a brand new yes. superhero for What If, right? Yes, Yep. Yep. So, um, the, the, it's Iroquois nation, I guess. So they're speaking Iroquois for, um, the, the people there. Then there's the conquistadors. So they're speaking Spanish. So the entire episode minus the watcher is subtitled, which is crazy. Um, that they did. now you can click on, there is an English version if you want to watch the English version. But since we were talking about the ASL version of Barbie, I just want to bring this up. Like, I'm like, that's a huge, that's a huge success, right. To, to do a whole episode in that language, if you will. Um, and uh, the actress who voices Kahori, Devery Jacobs, um, she uh, is from uh, Reservation Dogs and will be in Echo next year. So um, very, very, very cool. Uh, and again, just keep keep your uh, if you if you think the actor is voicing the character, stay told the credits and you can actually see the list of actors voicing their credit, uh, voicing their characters at the end, which was really, really cool for that. Um, so I've got to watch the last episode. Highly recommend it. And then uh, due to Marvel's mishaps. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't say missed it. There is a um, on YouTube an unlisted video for the season three of What If uh, is a like yeah, a I, three I, minute clip uh, with uh, the Red Guardian and Bucky that you can watch. Yeah, I here. just watched the the clip and I didn't read the uh, text of the tweet. So and I was watching it on mute yeah. out of respect of you, Chris, who was yeah. uh, talking about your thoughts on season two. But I was like, well, that's obviously Bucky, but who's yeah. this dude driving the car? Because I can't hear. I'm uh, assuming it's David Harbour's voice or it, something it, comparable to the Red Guardian's voice. It is him, yeah. You can hear him pretty good. And then the uh, okay. the, the character there is uh, Bill Foster, uh, voiced by Lawrence Fishburne from um, the second Eight Man movie. It's a younger version. So oh, okay. So so if you listen to it, you hear Lawrence Fishburne. Then if you wait till the end, this three minute clip uh, it says to be continued. What if season three uh, original series streaming soon? So either. They've cut this promo for later next year, or they're going to give us season three a lot sooner than we expect, Mike. Yeah. I mean, I guess I I suppose it depends on how you set up your animation pipeline, but one of the advantages of animated content is you can just keep the machine up and running and moving, right? Yeah. You know, you don't have to take... Uh, especially when it's like this anthology type of thing, right? You could, there's always a component that can be moving. You can always be doing storyboards or you can always be doing post-production or you could always be doing writing, right? So there's something that could always be moving. So if they, if they like the way that this is going, you know, they could just always have what ifs like on the docket every yeah. year. What's cool is, um, and, and you, you mentioned this, remember the episode with um, Gamora was cut and that's the what if uh, Iron Man crashed into the, the, uh, collect not the collector the grandmaster episode mm-hmm. i want to say most of these were probably voice recorded several years ago so they've just been sitting on the voice actor stuff animating it because i'd say the animation style for season two looks way better than the first two uh, it's a lot more detail in the backgrounds a lot more dynamic in the characters um it's still that you know the um it's not quite cel shaded but pretty close to it um look but like you know 
I want to. I don't know how long they've been sitting on some of these actors' voice lines they've recorded, right? So, um, yeah, they may be sitting on the third batch already because maybe they knew what the stories were going to be, and um, you know they can they can have them phone in another line or two if they need them to to edit it later. But um, I, I, you know, season if they can keep up what they did in season two, season three is a very welcome thing because these are those were so much fun to see the characters in different ways uh, and different stories rather than just uh, minor changes along the way. So uh, I don't think um, any of these to me are replications of the films, Mike, like the first season was like, they're like, Oh, here, remember this movie. And they, they do the movie again. They, these are very unique situations. So very, very thrilled to, to hear your, your thoughts on them too. And again, the 30 minutes, you can pop them out pretty quick in a day as well. All nine of them. Uh, Avengers five, boy, how did I forgot this was two weeks ago, Mike? Um, Jonathan Majors has been dropped by Marvel and Disney after being found guilty on two of the four counts uh, of um, of what he was charged for. There there were different things all over the place. I think it was like uh, domestic violence, or I don't remember. No, it it wasn't domestic violence. It was like some sort of assault and battery, like third degree, which is like unintentional assault. I, I I'm only putting this in there. I don't want any like you know um, defamation claims coming our way, so I want to be very clear why I'm saying these. Like, he, I think like he like I think like literally he broke somebody's finger trying to get his phone back, right. like his girlfriend yeah. at the time. But so, so it's like uh, it's like unintentional harm because like she had his property kind of deal like thing, and that's what they were like. But uh, you know, obviously he's going to appeal these things. But as soon as literally, I think what an hour after like the two of the four counts were. Um, yeah, you know, the, the axe had fallen. <laughs> they were like, yeah, he's he's out of Marvel. Um, yeah, so we it, you you put this bug in my ear a couple weeks ago that there was a rumor floating around that the reason that recasting kind of hasn't floated out from the studios is that there's a provision in the contract that says they can't recast Kang. It must be Jonathan. They can, yeah, they cannot Majors. use any other actor as Kang. Now recasting, they might be able to with this. It, you know, again, Disney has all the lawyers in the world. Not yeah, there not could possible. be like there. Yeah, there could be like a maybe like a morality clause or yeah, something you, that you they are, could you strike. Are, yeah, you are you are no longer eligible to work for us. Therefore, we can do it. But like, as long as he is is was Kang and working for Disney, they cannot have any other actor be a Kang. So there's no fakeness, no no false flags as Kang yeah. kind of deal. But uh, I, we we were we were talking that if that is truly the case and they cannot recast Kang in any way and they're going to have to pivot from a villain, uh, we were expecting maybe a leak, an intentional leak from the studio that that can't happen because all I've been seeing since that news came out was people pitching their alternative actors. And I had seen some good ones. Like these were like the internet is coming up with some good ideas that I think could play like a really good king. Uh, but at the same time, I just keep thinking, oh, these poor people, they don't know that this might not even be able to right, yeah. happen. So we'll have to see. So there's like, it's kind of like column A, column B. Like no matter what happens, there has to be adjustments there's because because narratively the story's just not working uh and all of that stuff is all in process right now but now it's so are you trying to make a better kang storyline or now are you just trying to make a better storyline that that doesn't have kang in it at all i I disagree that the storyline is not working i i think i think they can still still make the story work but you know again as my notes here say the current materials now from from disney say that it's avengers 5 it's no longer kang dynasty which tells me ooh. The, the association of Jonathan Majors with the word Kang is now too much for them to handle. Like they like uh, we can't we can't wipe away years of this now all, all of a sudden. And, you know, recastings yeah. not gonna be you know the best way. So 
um, you know, obviously maybe they retitle it. Um, maybe they replace Kang with again, the beyonder, uh, which is a, the secret wars villain actually, rather than Kang from, from the comic books, like someone even yeah. more powerful. So there's an, a lot of opportunities here for Marvel to, again, go in different directions. However, uh, I, I feel very not strongly that they're going to recast it. I feel like they're, they're going to go in a different direction just because that association majors and Kang is too much. You search, you search Kang and Marvel. You're only going to get Jonathan Majors news from now on. Like, there's yeah, nothing else that can take that over. And I, I think one thing that maybe leans also into the just dropping Kang entirely is so much is on the line for the next Avengers movie, right? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine Marvel releasing an Avengers movie that people like that just you know gets panned again or nobody goes to the box office for it? You mm-hmm. can't release an Avengers five and get like a middling performance at the box office. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the, I think a lot of the future of Marvel is going to be predicated on how well that next Avengers franchise does. I mean, we've always been talking about in the future they're going to reboot things and you know get things going again. You know, start the cash cow all over, which they do in the comic books. No shade there. But so much is on the line for getting all these heroes together again. You gotta make sure everything is firing on all cylinders. And I'm just glad um, Iger's back and has said multiple times this year that that is the strategy. We need to make higher quality films. And you can see I've already seen so many, um, so many like YouTube essays this year, or just like recaps of like how bad Disney did from a feature standpoint financially this year. So I think they're looking, they're looking to rally next year for sure. I I also think again, my I still stands necessarily quality, but if there was a lot more space in between everything this year, we'd have a better year overall. Like I feel like we're just being inundated with everything all the time in 2023 i'm like i don't want to watch anything because I'm, I'm i'm tired of watching things so i'm going to do something mm-hmm. else but i i don't have any fear of avengers 5 you know retooling i think that i think they'll be fine um with with that the, the cameras aren't rolling we've not had anything else there's others uh, obviously if we look at the slate if it still holds there's still spaces for other films in there my my eyes are going to be on essentially who's the fantastic four going forward um, and then, and then Avengers five after that, because I think those two, those two things need to, to, to hit the ground running pretty, pretty quickly. So we'll, we'll take a look at that, but yeah, obviously, um, yeah, I, I don't expect Jonathan majors to, to, to bounce back into this. Now I will also point out because I want I want to be fair. Robert Downey Jr. Was in prison and very much in trouble for a lot of his career before he got Iron Man's role. So I'm not saying this is the end of Jonathan majors career, but I think it's his end at Marvel. <laughs> so <laughs> just saying, yeah, you know, I'm just saying there are people who've come back from, 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 I wouldn't say worse, but you know, similar situations, right? Like looking at Robert Downey Jr. Specifically, cause I think someone tried to interview him about it. And he's like, look, we've all been, we've all been lows. So, uh, news that popped up earlier this week is that, uh, this is rumors again, that, uh, Marvel is working on a UK version of a uh, superhero team. Um, I'm going to dub it Excalibur because that's what the comic book name is. At Marvel now, mind you, we since Marvel said they're pulling back on stuff, we've only heard more and more things are in the works. So I don't know how much of this is true. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. however, at the end of Secret Invasion, we did include see Amelia em- Clark's uh, Gia character, right? The Super Scroll, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. Dane Whitman, played by that Jon Snow actor. I couldn't think of his name, so I wrote Jon Snow actor in the notes. <laughs> uh, what's his name? I think it's I believe it's Kit Harrington. There we go. I'm going to put that in there. Kit Harrington, and then also possibly. <laughs> Captain Britain, and uh, you might be saying, why Captain 
Britain, the real Captain Britain, not Captain Carter Britain, Mike. And do you know why Captain Britain would be important to include? Yeah, it does. Doesn't he have like dimensional travel? Multiversal powers. powers. There's yeah, a Captain yeah, yeah, Britain yeah. in every universe, uh, apparently. So, um, I, I don't. I, in the comic books, it explains why. Like he's like a like a. I wouldn't say like a lightning rod, but like some sort of like you know, hey, every universe has to have him to exist and pull you know to, to pull them all together. But like, they they can just totally skip that, and I wouldn't care. Like you don't need to. Going into details yeah, the, uh, on this. The, the, the rumors of uh, show launches, uh, I have totally different opinions about now. When uh, Disney Plus was first launching, and I feel like we got a new show rumored every single week, there's nothing but excitement coming out of me. Because it was like, oh, wow, this is exciting. Yeah, what are they going to do? But now we kind of see what they did, and I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. So, um, uh, they're, like we just said, trying to write the ship. So if this is, huh. you know, happening during the the writing if you will that might be better i mean we know this is going to go over well in my household Uh, my wife loves kit harrington Mm -hmm. uh so i gotta make sure she gets her she gets her fill if i mean kit harrington and amelia clark show would i mean literally this your game of thrones albums right oh wait i didn't even think about that yeah putting them back on screen again like like you're guaranteed to get eyes on it so hopefully it's good like you want it to be good at that point but that's you'll get some you'll get some memes out of that for sure yeah absolutely so you know that would be the way to do it if marvel if any if any studio could pull off marvel could pull that off putting them both in the show together right um Mm -hmm. but boy they really you know i wouldn't say what 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 do they call it whenever they like you know kneecap uh, a character like kit harrington (laughs) in the eternals really kind of got kneecapped right like he really wasn't doing Mm -hmm. a whole lot there so um we'll see we'll see what marvel has in store for him uh we're gonna jump into the insomniac leaks for the next thing so these are leaks these are spoilers Uh, again some of this may be true some of this may not be so if you don't want to hear it use our time codes in our show notes to go ahead if not let's uh have have some fun talking about this mike Uh, more than we already have uh, Insomniac, <laughs> the publisher of Spider-Man, uh, was the victim of a hacker leak. Uh, they wanted, I think, a couple, a couple million dollars, I think, or they were going to release the the data. And after like a week, Sony and Insomniac didn't give them the money, so the hackers leaked uh, the stuff. And it was real stuff, Mike. It wasn't like a bluff or a threat, or like a, you know, a fake threat. It was real. Yeah, they. So. I mean. <laughs> They got, I don't know much about video game development, you know, and I'm sure every studio has different file management and versioning and, you know, partitioning of information, but I don't know what they did, but they got a lot. <laughs> they got a lot of it, stuff. Man. It was something about, they got wet, um, uh, hosting credentials uh, from somebody and, and access the servers remotely uh, by pretending to be somebody else. So um yeah it was, it was a couple a couple terabytes i think six terabytes worth of stuff to go through files videos folders gameplay stuff um and we'll, we'll talk about it here but so first and yeah. foremost i think one of the cool things mike to me was spider-man 2.5 or whatever it's a video game coming out a sequel to spider-man 2 like the miles game where you get to play with venom miles and peter in one game coming late yeah. 2025 yeah, that's the first I'm hearing any any additional detail about it because I just saw like a, a lineup of releases and it just said Venom 2025. So I was trying to imagine a whole game where you're just playing that segment as Venom. And I suppose you could flesh it out more and make it a little bit more specific. But yep. that Venom portion was pretty on rails. They didn't really want you to do more than what exactly they wanted you to do as venom yeah. so yeah i am kind of curious you know i guess you know the symbiote presence could linger you know it's kind mm-hmm. of an infection on the city yeah. and i you know it, i could easily narratively see you know part yeah. of it lingering so, around so I, this is going to be huge spoilers for spider-man 2 so if you're not finished spider-man 2 please do not listen to this 
Mike, there's a Carnage storyline. Um, that's probably <laughs> it's probably Carnage. If I'm going to be honest, like the, the the sequel, this would be a Carnage spinoff, and the symbiote would probably still be the one that's attached to um, what's his name, Harry. Um, it could maybe someone has said theorized it jumps to to the uh, who's the photographer, um, the actual. Oh, Flash Thompson. No, no, no. Flash was the bully. Who was? Oh my, Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock. It would jump to <laughs> Eddie Brock, and that would be the new Venom, uh, trying to take down Carnage, if you will. So yeah, I could see. I could see that. I mean, either way, like they said, that Carnage I, I, pretty heavy, and at, at, that side mission. It's not a main mission, so that makes me think it's not part of the main story for Spider-Man yeah. Three. And it's following the similar formula that they did in the first Spider-Man where you do get a taste of Miles and you even yeah. do get, there's a whole mission with Miles, uh, but you don't see, you know, the presence yeah. of his Spider-Man until his very own game. So yeah. if we're kind of following a similar pattern here, it does make sense that, you know, we could be seeing yeah. that yeah. in the next version. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm down for it. Uh, yeah. the, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll charge close to 70 bucks. Oh no. For, it's right here. Uh, it's a $50 target right there is what they said. They want a $50 game, Mike. Um, Ooh. So and that's even, that's even, so we're probably looking at about a similar length yeah, of that Miles has. Exactly. So they've already got the character models. They've already got the Venom attacks. This would not be a heavy lift, right, to create a new game. Just a bunch of different, mm. you know, uh, scenes throughout the city, if you will. They've already got the playground. So I think this would be a, a, not a very far stretch. Or this could have been maybe cut stuff from the main game, if you will. Uh, so a $50 target, similar to Miles, would lead into Spider-Man 3. So let's jump into Spider-Man 3 notes here. And that is, I've got a little little document here that came ex- exclusively from this leak, Mike. And that's uh, Spider-Man 3 is looking to release a two-part game. One in 2027 and one in 2028 at $50 each. Yeah, there's th- 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 so much to pull apart from that, right? I mean, this is unique. We haven't seen this happen, I feel like, in video games with a part one and a part two slotted. I mean, obviously there's plenty of game franchises out there where it's pretty heavily hinted that you're going to have sequels in the future, but you know, that takes a lot of development time. This kind of seems like they're approaching it from like, we're going to make one massive game. We're going to put everybody at Insomniac on this bad boy, make it as big as possible. And then we're just going to split it in half and selling it for 50 bucks is interesting as well because uh, what is that telling your audience, right? Because I look at $50 for a video game and I think, oh, I'm not getting a deal. I think I'm getting a smaller game. So it's almost like, oh, let's go to the movies and part one of this movie is an hour and part two is also an hour, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of it's interesting because it really, if you think about it mathematically, they're getting $100 out of me to kind of play one narrative that's getting split into two games is kind of another way to look at it as well. It, that, that is one way, depending on how the narratives are. The other part of this is there's a multiplayer portion that will launch with part one. It'll be the first time Spider-Man has a multiplayer portion. Um, mm-hmm. So you get part one and a multiplayer multiplayer game all in one go here, uh, which would be you know day and date with that. So it would come with part one, which is great. This is also, oh, again, you mentioned a, a quick way to, to sell more. If you look at this chart, they actually updated... Um, the units based on how many Spider-Man 2 sales they had. So, um, you know, net sales for Spider-Man 2 were down compared to their Spider-Man 3 game base, but the number of units were, uh, you know, all, everything was down a little bit if you kind of look at this. Um, so they've got the math here. This is how this is how companies think, Mike. We, we actually get it inside <laughs> in the company, company dollar signs here. So uh, multiplayer company, and then in 2029, they would combine everything together into one game for the, the regular $60 here. 
um, but you know, you'd be two years kind of late to this. Now, to me, one thing you know, look at this. I, 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 I would love to try this out as long as they give me a, a good game, right? I think Spider Man, um, the story in Spider Man is always great. I just need more stuff to do whenever I'm done with the main story, right? So give me some more of that. Multiplayer is a great thing. That kind of makes me think maybe Spider Man Three is a multiverse game, Mike, because yeah, we kind of got I a was, tease out of that. Yeah, I was just about to uh, mention that because, like, how would you narratively get? multiple spider people on one map and in spider-man 2 there was that side mission where you're collecting the spider bots that does hint at a greater spider verse and there could be a lot of synergy where this game could be coming out because we're i don't think we're going to get be getting spider verse part three this calendar year it's going to be 2025 so it it, so it gets at least it let's puts that movie a little bit closer to the release of this game yeah so the audience and then players will be familiar with a multiverse for sure yeah exactly i think i think that's a great add-on that we would not normally that we i wouldn't expect to get normally right kind of deal uh a spider-man multiplayer game would be fantastic a lot of people will be talking about it here um with that yeah overall my concern is we're looking here um 27 28 29 um that's ps6 territory mike if we look at the lifespan of consoles is my concern do you think sony is going to try to use the the combo unit the the part one part two combo as a ps3 or, or ps3 ps6 launch title i can't even i just bought my playstation yeah. 5 and i went over to somebody's place for a holiday party and they had the ps5 like slim, slim uh, under their tv i'm like i'm already behind i just got this thing people yeah. uh so i don't want to even think about having yeah. to spend hundreds of dollars on another machine but you you might not be far off yeah because the other ones i mean the other one's three years old at this point it's over three years old that would be a nine-year-old console in 2029 so at the I, very least, it could be doing a similar thing of there's a PS5 version and a PS6 version. I don't know how we're going to get any further in video game consoles. Again, they'll prove me wrong before too long. But like <laughs> at the same time, I, I just want to, you know, again, I, I want to be cognizant of this because we're going to talk about another game here in a little bit. Um, another game series even that would not necessarily be on PlayStation 5. It would have to be a PlayStation 6 uh, based on mm-hmm. based on the year. So we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. But. Uh, t- take a look at um, that graphic in our show notes if you want to. Wolverine, the game that we all want to play so bad, Mike, and then that so much that hackers even got into Insomniac to get their stuff. Um, according to the contracts, if you go through all the data here, Wolverine has to be released by September 1st, 2025 on PS5. So we are a year and a half, year and three quarters away from this game coming out, which is sad because I want it now. You- yeah this was this was kind of the first way i found out about the leak um you know i open up my phone you know i open up twitter or x or whatever the hell you want to call it and you get a lot of like trending for you and then you have to move on over to what's like fully trending to see what kind of like is really bubbling over in the zeitgeist and i saw that like in the real like trending tab like oh insomniac's trending spider-man's trending wolverine's what's happening here this isn't even on my recommended list and then i see it and it's just like oh, the wolverine game i was like holy crap like we just barely talk about this on our normal weekly news episodes i didn't think we'd be getting hearing anything soon and then you hear that yeah. it's a leak and then of course curiosity gets the best of me and all it takes is just 
jumping into the hashtag and scrolling a little bit and you start to see video clips. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, so I had a link here uh, and it, it's dead now, obviously, because I, I put this up when it came out. Um, you know, the fact that there, they, someone has, has found a playable version, a down and that file, a playable version compiled it, and you're able to actually play it on your, on your console. If you compile it into dev mode is wild. This is so much, this is huge. So big, Mike, that internet service providers, ISPs themselves have taken uh, action against people who have downloaded the game files to compile it even. And that is even, even in piracy, like, you know, that happens occasionally, but like, this is like something where like just the files alone have, have caused problems um, for, for a game that's not out yet. And I will tell you, I um, curiosity always gets the better of me. I, I admit it. I look at stuff before it comes out. But um, if you want to see this gameplay that people have compiled, um, and everything, including you know the the free roaming, the action stuff, even the story, the the whole plot of this game is online, which which is crazy. Um, you can just go, I go to tick. I typed in Wolverine gameplay, and TikTok came up, and here I'm looking at ten different clips of gameplay um, yeah. that people have uploaded already from not only what was leaked, but also what they've compiled to play yeah. as well. So. Yeah. I, I, I didn't bother to look up any story notes. I, I'd rather let that lie. But I, it's fun watching it, and it seems to be the clips that I have seen seem to be compiled from almost like a tutorial level, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there's like a separate team that's like building kind of like the opening demo that might be at some sort of video game convention like coming up in the near future, or if the hackers just happened to come across just that but essentially what it is is uh uh logan seems to be at a bar and then uh some ninjas come up and kind of tap him on the shoulder and then uh shit starts hitting the fan oh, you're, you, the you're you've seen stuff i've not even seen so um. oh, okay yeah and then you see a lot of prompts that show up on screen that kind of show you how combat works right you know like like this button like dashes you know this button you know slices or whatever uh there's also there's a gameplay mechanic which is kind of cool very specific to wolverine of like following scent trails so that's the one that's the one i've seen is so he's in like in a flannel he can climb up buildings with his claws and knuckles walls then he goes in and uses his like senses to go through a crime scene essentially yeah so, yeah, and the stuff that I've seen has mainly just been kind of like brawling combat, right? You know, I don't know, because the combat, you know, in the most comparable game of Spider-Man, right? When you get down there and fighting on the street, it's not necessarily button mashing, but that's kind it's of what so it is. Quick. You know, you, you, you don't hit... feel the, the ferocity of it like a Wolverine fight would. Like. Yeah, exactly. So I'm kind of curious where's the satisfaction, like what's the satisfaction um, kind of key secret ingredient. And I'm not saying I don't see it here in the video, but I'm kind of curious what that X factor is. Cause oh, every good, yeah. every good video game company is kind of looking for that, like dopamine hit when you're doing yeah. that comp combat so, and in Spider-Man, it's kind of chaining all the stuff together, this, right? It's doing all these awesome combos. So I'm seeing that the, the clip now in the bar and I'll tell you what this reminds me of God of war. Uh, this is 2018, 2022's God of War in a nutshell. Like it's you're you're slow, you're purposeful. The hits matter when you hit them. You can see the damage being done to them. Mm -hmm. And then he's got some quick moves, right? Because obviously he can jump and and pounce around quite a bit. But like this is very much if you like the God of War, the new games, this is God of War gameplay, like yeah. through and through. And I'm so. 
I'm curious what the level design is going to be like. Is it going to be pretty on rails? Because you've played the God of War games, Chris. Yeah. Those are relatively on rails, it, right? It's, it's not really it's, open world. It's a mix mash because there are open world portions, but there are on rails portions as well that guide you towards the mission. So gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I would say from what I've seen from this is very much you know there's a mix match like you're in a city, but like you know you don't have full access to the city, but you've got like a small section of the city. Um, so I, I'm gonna look at more of this. I mean, I, there's no way I could play this, but I mean, I boy my hype levels through the roof for this game more now more now than it ever was and we only saw yeah, that one trailer years ago <laughs> yeah it's like if you if you had to look at the leak kind of from a point of like uh like social engagement i would say everyone's lucky that the hack happened when the game has is impressive enough to look at right like yeah. this looks like fun and also i guess people in the video game community have enough knowledge to look at something that's leaked and go, Oh, this obviously isn't final. You know, visually it's not super impressive because it's not being like, hyper realistically rendered yet. So we don't even know what all that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's also, time. It's, it's a year and a half time of polish, right? Like that's yeah, exactly. The story is there. I, I know that the levels are there. So they just, they have, a, they have a lot of time to, to, to finesse it. And Spider-Man literally is one of the most polished games I've ever played. I've ever played at the end of the day. So um, very much looking forward to this. And so if you guys want to look at more, go look up. Well, we're not going to link anything here, but go look it up. I think, I think that's great stuff, but Mike Wolverine is the stepping stone to something bigger. And that is a three game contract for the X-Men franchise for insomniac Um, with, um, we have a slide here linked in here that shows the licensing terms. Not only are the platforms, the, the monetary commitments, the release dates, the exclusivity, the royalties, and the termination rights, like all in one go. So um, we, we always said we wish we had – I wish we had this stuff for movies rather than just video mm-hmm. games because yeah. this is what we're always looking for, right? This is the details we want to know as we're making our guesses here. But uh, it is confirmed that Insomniac has a three-game uh, X-Men uh, affiliated titles, with I think um, with Wolverine being the first one. And then up until 2035, uh, the end of 2035, uh, 12 years from now to this week, Mike, uh, they can make these games for that. Um, yeah, these video game timelines are like crazy to think like, what what am I even going to be doing in 12, you know, yeah. in 12 years? Uh, I mean, um, hopefully, knock on wood, I'm, I'm here to, to check it all out. But uh, yeah, I didn't even consider the possibility that, you know, uh, it looks like Insomniac is just being very, very uh, successful. Like uh, Marvel seems to really like the partnership enough, you know, that the entire cast of the X-Men seems to be in their purview moving forward. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean any of this is confirmed, but it seems like it's the way that they would like to go. Um the biggest question I have is like whenever you play a game with a large cast of characters with different power sets, yeah. you know, that's a totally different type of game, right? You have to make a very specific type of game that fits that mold. You know, are we looking at like an ultimate Alliance type of thing where you're just running around and like bashing stuff or, you know, are they going to try to, you know, bring the characters in line enough to where you could be paying, playing a campaign and so, like swap between them. You know, my understanding is that the Spider-Man and the X-Men games live in the same universe. So if there are some alternate differences, right, right between Wolverine and some of the characters here, I would, I would be, enter- I would entertain to see what some of they are. Like I would, you know, what I, if I want, if I have an X-Men game, the only thing I want out of this mic is multiplayer, like a story, a campaign with multiplayer, because yeah, I could play as Wolverine. You could play as Cyclops, or we have a Storm or an Iceman, right? But like, 
I don't want it to be limited like Ultimate Alliance because I love I love the Ultimate Alliance games. You were with me when I bought the last one, actually. Um, I love them, but like you're very limited in what you can do, right? Because there's only like so much you can do with so many characters. So, do you want to focus on like four people, five people, like the original X Men? Do you want to get a different character set in? How's this gonna How's this gonna you know kind of flow yeah. into this? Because I'm I'm interested to see what they do with it. But like, boy, you know, we're gonna have a an X Men game by 2030. Um, is that PS5? Is that PS6? I don't know, but like I'm, I'm excited to know that we're gonna get an X Men game at yeah. all. Is that far? Is that far enough along to where the these characters could be crossing over? Right. I would love to drop into New York City, like you know, Spider Man Three, like as Wolverine. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got the claws to where he could traverse up the sides of buildings. I mean, it. I don't think it would fit the character wholly for him to go all the way up a skyscraper because that doesn't really feel like a Wolverine thing to do. He's more of a street level brawler, but you know, it could be cool on like a mission or something like that where the confines make more sense. For well, I think, I think you put Spider-Man in a Wolverine level more than Wolverine in the Spider-Man level, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he, you know, Spider-Man could, could live in there, but like, you know, you know, if, if Insomniac is alternating Spider-Man, X-Men, Spider-Man, X-Men, you know, I, I think we're in for a good, 15 years of video games here from this company. Yeah, this is great. I mean, since we're kind of uh, coming to a close here on the hack, uh, we should say uh, up top the one thing that we did leave out, which is really, I mean, obviously this is unethical for hackers to do. It's not like Insomniac is the villain or any way and we're rooting for it. But the hackers did also like take uh, personal data from employees. And obviously that's bad. Like we don't, we're not like, uh, we're not looking for more hacks or wanting this to happen more often, but like, come on, like hack, like I mean, like leave leave the employees alone. That's like really shitty, you know. Yeah, we 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 love a good information leak, right? About content, not the people behind it. That don't yeah. you we don't need that. Like we love talking about the games. We love talking about the games we, we get to play, the content, movies, TV shows. But like, yeah, the people behind it, they're they're just employees trying to get by in their lives. They're not the people lording this over us, right? At the end of the day, so. Mm. Um, absolutely agree. So hopefully, you know, maybe Insomniac, they, they came out and said, you know, we don't condone this. We're sad. You know, things are going to do this, but like, they're going to keep moving forward. And I'm like, well, that's really all you can do at this rate. Mm So, um, my only, but the only thing I hate about all this, and I hate this for any, any console, any, anything is that it's exclusive to, to, to play, uh, PC and PS PlayStation systems when every game should be across every console on the same thing. Mike, I I feel any game at all should be on every console you want to play it on. So you don't have to buy both of them later on if you want to play something. So I think the exclusivity of Insomniac, even though it's on my PlayStation, is a kick in the face. Um, but if you know them being able to focus on one game on one console brings out the best, that's we just we just want good games at the end of the day. So um, hopefully we can get some exclusivity issues resolved later later in life. But we're gonna stay in X Men world for a second because the X Men '97 titles leaked for the upcoming. Uh, TV series on Disney Plus, which is coming out in 2024, and um, the biggest thing here is you know none of these give away any leaks. Like none of these tell me anything about these shows, um, <laughs> except there's a three-part finale, which is standard in actually most of the X-Men animated series because a lot of them had two or three-parter episodes in the, that old show, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. These titles feel very much like X-Men '97 titles. You know, uh, X-Men in the nineties was kind of very dramatic, which is why it's kind of stands out and holds the test of time because it was, uh, an adult narrative kind of given to children. Uh, but we got, 
well, let's see here. To me and my X Men, Mutant yep. Liberation begins. Uh, remember it. So uh, I will say tolerances extinction part one, two, and three. Fire made flesh. I think is a sunspot reference. The character sunspot who um, mm-hmm. can 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 channel fire. But m- there is an episode where I think it's Jubilee and Sunspot get transported into an eight bit game um, from a Mojo World. Oh, uh, that's cool. And that, I think it's Motendo because that's like Nintendo. <laughs> Um, so I think that that's the biggest thing I have out of this. Um, but, um, yeah, again, it picks up where the, the arcade, there are not with the arcade where the, um, 94 series left off. Uh, so to me, my X-Men probably is, you know, the emergence of Magneto as a hero, right. Kind of deal. So we'll, we'll see how these come. I'm excited to watch this. Um, uh, hopefully it, it lands and keeps that, uh, that vibe going from the originals whenever it comes out this year. So we'll keep you guys posted on that. Dune Messiah, Mike, is already in the works at Warner Brothers. Has reportedly been greenlit at Warner Brothers. So this would be Dune 3, if you will, uh, the second book. And it's eyeing a 2027 release. And just so people know, this takes place shortly after the first Dune book, uh, which is two movies. So um, it's much shorter than the first Dune novel. So it should be very much, much like, you know, reined in a little bit. So um, sure, why not? If, if Denis Villeneuve has found his calling in making Dune movies, go for it, right? Like, Get your get your trilogy out of the way. <laughs> I really got to get around uh, watching the part one because uh, they keep making Dune news, and I have no way to respond to it. But well, second, fine. that part two is ready. March first, March first, uh, coming out. So uh, I highly recommend it. I am I'm excited to do it. Um, Twenty uh, again, the Messiah is one of the hardest books I've ever had to read, Mike. Um, but um, I think it's just because it's a different story than the other one. Like it's not like the same kind of story, but like. I think um, after Messiah, they'll probably get a new cast because it jumps forward in time quite a bit um, or, or maybe just stop making them. We'll see if they do anything. I, Dune and uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe series have a lot of similarities in my mind because they're like the same world, but like over decades kind of deal. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see if they do this. Like Disney just killed the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe stuff. So Narnia. All right, so we're at uh, the, the discussion of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to do a full review with full spoilers because we are already at an hour and 15 into this and we have two movies to talk about. Yeah, we so, got to wrap up the year. We have Aquaman and Rebel Moon. Yes. It's going to be, yeah, like we said, full, full spoilers. Uh, I have a feeling there's not a whole lot of appetite out in the world to no. go watch Aquaman we, and the Lost Kingdom and also Rebel Moon you can just you, you probably pulled up Netflix you watched it if you're going to watch it already if not yeah. there's no there's no reason to, to, to go look seek it out yeah. now but Chris I sent you a, a link from one of our favorite websites uh, the numbers yes. where we were using their comparison tool and I was trying to think of movies to compare the second Aquaman to box office wise. So I threw in obviously the first Aquaman, which uh, I think did close to a billion. I think, I think it's over a billion worldwide. Yeah. yeah. So that was financially successful. Um, and then I, I figured a good equivalent maybe to this year would be uh, both Shazam movies. Right. I mean, very kind of similar properties in I a way. I forgot Shazam 2 even came out this year. So. <laughs> yeah, with sequels. So uh, right now, uh, not a good sign that the sequel to a billion-dollar movie, Aquaman, Aquaman 2, mm-hmm. is trending between both Shazam movies right now. Yeah. And it's it, you can't quite compare it apples apples to apples because they're different release windows when a movie comes out along the holidays. 
it has longer legs. You almost kind of are giving it like a one really long sustained opening weekend. Yeah. Um, but once the holidays are over, like you're talking like 95% drops. It's not going to be making any more money if it's not like a, like a James Cameron's like Titanic yeah. or avatar. Right. Yeah. So, so we are, we are, um, two weeks in the, I mean, so this, this hasn't updated the second week yet, Mike, which is kind of weird on the numbers here. I don't know if people are off, right. Does this make sense? Um, well, it's, uh, we're, we're technically recording on a Saturday, so we're not quite t- through okay. the final weekend here yet. And they might be waiting until like the second. Well, right, I mean, it's been out nine gets... days. So I, to me, as the new year starts, people are not going to the movies. Like everyone gets on their, their health kicks right in November or January and they don't go to the movies. Like January is historically just a bad month for films right at the end of the day. Um, there are exceptions, asterisks here, but overall, yeah. Um, Aquaman and the last kingdom, not doing so hot monetarily wise, but it is, as we mentioned before, the last DC EU movie, which means everybody knows this. So no one really wants to watch it because who cares at the end of the day? Like, if they watch Very us, is true. it going to do any? It doesn't wrap up the world as a whole. There's like like a Justice League movie would, right? Like you know where everyone mm-hmm. rides off into the sunset. It, it's an Aquaman standalone movie, and it's been uh, what five years since the last one? I, th- I think yeah, Aquaman twenty yeah five yeah, years since uh, the last to, Aquaman movies. Yeah, I mean to be fair, it it was attempting to come out sooner, but yeah. you know world events, strikes. Um, uh, <laughs> A litigation between your um, your uh, actors, you know, are happening. So a yep. lot hit this movie, right? Three but, you know, different reader, re, uh, three different rewrites. I had Batman, um, Michael Keaton, Batman, Ben Affleck, and then no Batman at all at the end of the day. So yeah, but <sighs> but I, I I like I'm starting to get the feeling though, like at the core, I don't think this movie has changed overall. Like I could see like maybe like yeah. cameos or maybe different supporting characters, but I think overall the movie that right. we have is what Juan was intending, mainly because a lot more Amber Heard than we were all expecting in this movie. Right. Uh, uh, We were thinking like, she's going to die in like the first scene. She's going to be sidelined most of the movie and we're not going to see her. She was Uh, sidelined most of the movie. Yeah. Like we are talking, we are talking spoilers. So, I mean like she was like blasted um, pretty early, uh, pretty early out in the movie. And they even show her kind of like in a, in a coma. I was like, okay, it's like, okay, this is it. She's, she's out for the rest of the movie. We might see her at the very, very She'll she'll do a a, a deus machina come and save everyone at the last. Second, yeah, but like that's not really what happened. So it, it seems like uh, Juan was just like, and maybe the studio was like, nobody's looking at this movie, nobody cares about this movie. The the best thing to do overall is probably just to leave heard in the movie because I don't know, maybe we'll get some drama I, points out of it, you know. Well, I would tell you whether she was in this movie or not, I was, I, I, I don't think her participation in this movie affected anything. I don't, I think James Wan said that the, the focus of the story was always going to be on. Aquaman and his brother Orm and I can feel like that Mm -hmm. has always been the plan because they're in most of the scenes together right they they have yes that stuff so I I believe him that like even if if there wasn't drama she would still probably have the same role she had right at the Mm -hmm. end of the day so I agree with you entirely um I'm gonna do a compliment sandwich here Mike okay for this and uh, (laughs) we're gonna start with a compliment and then we're gonna have a big meaty juicy middle and then another (laughs) little compliment on the bottom so the first compliment is James Wan has great character designs in this movie I think he, yes. he, he his uh, the de- the Necros army, the sea creatures. There's a lot of sea creatures, including uh, John Rhys Davis as a uh, what's the little crab man from the first movie, the shrimp mm-hmm. guy. 
um, Martin Short as the Kingfish guy. I, I had to look up that was Martin Short doing the Kingfish. Um, really just love the character designs and making it feel like this is underwater and everything is based on water designs yeah. because it, it, it felt unique to this movie. Yeah. Also, I hope I'm not ruining your second slice of bread with this, but it's very similar. But also the production design, there was lots of like kind of retro kind of submarine um yeah. No, it's a, it's the same thing. Yeah. His his the design work on the characters and the the ships. I mean, it felt really good, right? It, it yeah, felt like whenever nice. Like whenever we go to kind of like those Lost Kingdom like depots or whatever, we're seeing all these like retro like kind of dive suits and things like that. I thought all that stuff looked really really cool. So like, yeah. props to you know the production designers, the concept artists that you know. The, besides whatever script those people are given, you know, yeah. they just get to do what they do and it doesn't matter what the story is. They just make cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I would say the, the lost kingdom um, designs felt good. The, the Aquaman stuff felt good. Like everything was on point and felt real to the Aquaman movie. Like did not take me out of it at all. Really, really had a, had a good time. Uh, everything else about this movie is just boring. I, I'm just I, I, I kinda, like, I, I am fine with this movie, Mike, but like at the same time, I'm like, I just didn't care because like there's a lot of, uh, you know, we're going to talk about this later. A lot of like tropey stuff in this one as well. Um, yeah. It I mean, it doesn't didn't feel it doesn't original. Like a, yeah. It doesn't totally assault your senses in any way, you yeah. know, but at the same time, it's like the movie feels long. It feels like we're kind of going in circles. I feel like I've, I've watched this movie before. Yeah. You know, uh, I, the relationship, you know, between uh, Jason Momoa, Patrick Wilson, or, you know, Arthur. Well, well those, Orm, those actors, they, they nailed it. I think they nailed the chemistry, yeah. but. There's this uh, there's this fun moment that I don't really know if it was a, how intentional it was or it wasn't even really set up the best. But after um, uh, Arthur rescues Orm from that desert yeah. and that big horde is coming at them, you know, like, oh, let's go run into the ocean. And I look over at Patrick Wilson. I was like, why is he running like Naruto? Why is he running with oh, his yeah, yeah. arms down to his side? It looks really, really weird. And like they don't mention it at all. And I was like, OK. Then later in the movie, when they're running away from the the CGI just goop on screen, which is yeah. just these plants coming to life, which is like yeah, the dumbest well, thing. It was, like it was a grasshoppers. It was a big grasshopper. Yeah, it was yeah. dumb. But then also yeah. there's like plants alive too. Like he's also running with his arms down, and then and they like, finally I was like, why, why are you doing it like that? And then it's like, oh, I don't run much. I was like, oh yeah, that does make sense. That yeah. is an interesting, fun little tidbit to this ocean creature that really never goes on yeah. land doesn't know how to run. I thought that was clever, but you know, outside of like very few moments yeah. uh, like that. Yeah. It's just like boring. The part, the part in the film where they're at like a, like a little supply depot. I want to say it's about halfway through the movie. Yeah, they, they, trying it, to... It's the hidden scum and villainy hive is what I, I wrote. It down. Yeah. Um, that, so that part happens and then God, I can't even remember what happens, but they're like fighting off, the bad guys at like this like supply depot or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, this movie's got to almost be over. Right. Like black Manta like shows up and they're having like a fight. And uh, something's going to mention, Hey, that stuff will blow up. And then it never blows up. I was like, yeah, why did you then, even call it out? That it's going to yeah. blow up. 
And then there's a whole nother hour left on the movie. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. come on! So yeah. it was, it was, it's too much. It, uh, the 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 MacGuffin, the the I guess there's a couple different things, but the fuel source. So I am totally fine with things like uh, climate change, mm-hmm. you know, and human just influence on the planet driving narratives. Right? It makes yeah. sense. You know, that's what's happening in our real world right now. You can't ignore it. It's gonna make it into our movies, and sometimes it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but like, this was so heavy handed and so dumb of like, are you telling me this magical King who has the ability to seal like a demon away for eternity? The magic is just ice. So there's no future. Pr- so somebody could have just like, no, it's not future. Pull, it, it like, was, it's it just, just like, ice. it was blood. Remember they actually answered that question for you. And the thing is like, but the, you can't melt it. They, you still need the blood. But it's just like you never would have even been able to find it to begin with if there wasn't. But ninety so percent of like, the movie was like, we need to melt it so it'll be free. Not that hey, and then the final they're like, oh, it's actually blood. It's not ice. Yeah, and then Black Manta's like burning that green gas, that green crude oil, whatever it's supposed to be. That was such a dumb thing. Like, like the, you don't need to go. Uh, to the point of like we're an audience that have already accepted the existence of like this underwater world, these like advanced technologies and spacecrafts. I don't need to be told that they need gas and they need special gasoline that we have to go heist. Like that was just a weird thing to add to the movie to drive the villain through. Well, the I narrative. thought I thought the special <laughs> gas was interesting because like oh they their their machines run on this is what I would you know they say initially like hey, our antique machines run this antique fuel. I didn't think they were going to burn it. I thought they were going to build an army with it. Like, yeah, they, they, they kind of yeah. put a spin on it in the wrong direction. Yeah, I'm like, do you don't need to burn it. You just need to, like, fuel, like, your machines with it. Like, because also some of their machines were pretty cool, like the little tentacle dudes. I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, they, that's pretty fun. Yeah, they look cool, like, but, like, I don't need to know what powers them. Like, we're already in this world. No, there is so, so much exposition just, in this movie. Like, literally, oh I can't believe the again. What's his name? The guy who's in um, WandaVision and Ant Man. Uh, uh, Randall Park. Randall Park's character, who's, a, who's like, who's also talk, in Blue Eye Samurai. He's talking into a voice recorder as things are like being played over it. I'm like. <laughs> Oh, this, this is feels, ex- this exposition is so bad. Like I don't need to hear. Those, and he's like, "You yeah, those, be careful. We don't know how many people are here. You're gonna get attacked. Be careful with that. It's gonna explode." I'm like, you "Shut up and just let them do it." Like, they're, like they're yeah, professionals. It feels like reshoot Note City right there. Like, I, I don't, that we're we're losing the audience in the test screenings. Get Randall Park nobody, in there. Everyone loves. Nobody him. knows what's happening. <laughs> we gotta we gotta have voiceover how, stuff. How did what happened? Between the first movie and the second movie, that uh, Black Manta amassed a cartoon villain uh, uh, army. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, like he was very much on his own in the first film. He got a little bit of help from Orm, which they even yeah. bring up in this film. Orm's like, "Oh, when I worked with him, like he was, you know, he was vengeful, but he wasn't crazy." Uh, so all of a sudden, now he has a goon squad, a dispendable goon squad, who's like the second in command, like that. That woman they're red, is like they're, they're Star Trek red shirts, essentially. Is what yeah, she might as well had a mustache and been twirling it so so i was like where did these people come from like explain that explain them to me not the the mysterious gasoline why these people are willing to die for black man i i don't think it needs to be explained i think what they did was the wrong order they 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 start the movie with like 
He's drinking Guinness. Do you know that Aquaman likes Guinness, Mike? Because, boy, does he <laughs> like Guinness. Uh, with his dad, and they have a baby. I'm like, okay, great. I don't need that. Start the movie with Randall Park finding the staff and then saying it's been four years since he had the staff. Because if he had four years to do this... Yeah, like, he could be using that staff to either mind control people or yeah, convince him that he's a badass. Or, yeah, or he's like, he's like, yeah, I will kill you if you don't join me kind of deal. Or I will pay you, whatever. I'll give you a place in my new world. But like, they were like, oh, everything happened in five months. And the first thing I thought of, which I don't normally think of in superhero movies, is where the hell are the Justice League? Shouldn't <laughs> Superman see this big green volcano? And shouldn't he be able to hear and see this and take take part of this rather than relying on Aquaman to do it in the water? Because yeah. it was above water. Like everyone sees <laughs> and, it, you know it's happening. Batman's a also, scientist; he knows what's going on here. I don't know. What? What? Do, and the whole time I was thinking too, I was like, "Is this at any point going to tie into the Flash uh, ending no. uh, bonus scene, like where Arthur is like a drunk in a puddle? Like that didn't really seem to come up at all. That's so why that I don't. Need, I don't need the Flash <laughs> because this is the worst end credit scene I've ever seen in a movie, where he just eats a cockroach on a burger. Yeah, but it was just kind of weird. Of just like I was making me think of the Flash. I was like. Well, you, you, these people have seen the Aquaman movie, right? It's been done. Yeah. Uh, you, you know that 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 after credit scene does not line up to the movie at all. Like, why'd you even include it? It would have been an easy lift out of it. So that was that was yeah. kind of bizarre. Well, but to like me. the whole thing, they were like, "Oh, the world is 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 suffering. Why are the world superheroes not helping in this situation?" Like, right? Like Wonder Woman. Um, Superman and Batman would be involved at some point in this. Uh, you know, yeah, hell, I'd I mean, even give Cyborg a cameo if, if he wanted it in this one. Um, uh, he was uh, Ray Parker's busy. <laughs> he, he's busy. Uh, I also have notes here. Um, oh, Ray Fisher. Sorry. Ray Fisher. Uh, Black Panther vibes, where the, he's like, you didn't want to be king, or like, you know, you suck at being king, and you know, we have a council to determine who the kings are. Like, it's uh, very much like you got Ray Black Panther on the nose on this one. Iron Man vibes at the end when he's like talking to the camera oh, yeah, I, I am aquaman kind of deal. but also black panther vibes where they're like revealing, uh, revealing to the world yep that was the other part like or yeah so, it's just like i thought the world kind of got wind of them in the first movie right like well, i thought that was kind of coming out if, if not already. it's fine but it was the exact same way that black panther ended like do it a different yeah. way like uh and then lastly um uh, lord of the rings villains the the enemy king felt like um sauron uh in the one ring the green staff was like the one ring and then like the guy he was freeing was like Sauron. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the villain, I will give the movie a little bit of credit for at least giving me a somewhat unique ending to the final fight. Right. Yep. You know, I was expecting like uh, Orm and uh, Arthur to team up and just like trade blows with uh, the green glowing king or whatever. And then they, they finally come together as brothers and then overwhelm the king and, and beat yep. him up. And it kind of happens, but not really. Not, where, that, like, not, not the way you think it would. Yeah. Yeah. Where the trident's thrown, he catches it, but then Aquaman throws another trident, which his brother, you know, hands him. But then he just like, he, he nails the shot. But like that also like didn't, doesn't necessarily feel earned because it's just like, oh, is that all it takes to defeat the villain is just mm. having better aim. But at least it was unex it was unexpected. Yeah. Uh, it, very it wasn't similar like a beat down kind of thing that they just went through with yeah. Black Manta because they just did the fight with Black Manta. Uh, with yes. 
similar to the uh, the unexpected. I mean, even Aquaman comments on his own movie, where this special counsel shows up that stops yeah. it, that stops the all powerful king yeah. that we are told that he is in uh, in the first yeah. movie. Uh, like even him's like, oh, I didn't even know they existed. It's like, yeah, you are a surrogate for the audience right now. The council is dumb and stupid, and the only reason they exist is it gets you out of the kingdom. To, yeah, to get you to, away from here. I, I will yeah, say it's just <laughs> it's the, so stupid. The other flaw I will have on this: um, no stakes. Um, no one died. Yeah. No one died at the end. Even his Chris, dad, who the was stakes like, was the whole planet. Didn't you see him burning the fuel in the volcano? They they blew that it up. They, the, they blew up the volcano. It's fine. Raising uh, the temperature, but they didn't. They didn't melt the iceberg Celsius enough, Mike. They had the to threat. use a missile to, to blow it up. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, but, but like, right. <laughs> they were like, Oh, I'm going to like, we've, we've seen that shot where we're like, Oh, the, the kid's going to die or the dad's going to die or Mara was going to die or Orm was going to, no one died. No one even had enough damage to stop them from doing anything. Um, they, they sideline Mara, Nicole Kidman has never looked worse. I hate to say that about <laughs> her. Like it's not her fault, but like they, they didn't do her any justice in this movie. Right. By helping her out. Um, and they sidelined her the whole time by saying like, Oh, I need to be with us. You know, dude on this on the land who's recovering who was fine so nothing really changed at the end of this movie and that was disappointing yeah i would love what i would love to see out of this movie these this duo the wand cut uh (laughs) no (laughs) i want to see like 40 years in the future hopefully i'm still alive and kicking i want to see discussions on a forum somewhere of like teenagers discovering the two Aquaman movies for the first time, totally out of context, not knowing that as part of a larger universe. Mm-hmm. And then we can just get some impartial opinions of people that have only watched these two Aquaman movies in a vacuum. You know, they pull, they pull it out whatever the, their equivalent of like a Walmart bin is in the yeah. future, you know, a double feature. I don't know if it's like an SD card yeah, that you put, slot into your like a, AR headset. I want the VHS <laughs> versions of this Mike, to watch on my yeah. VHS player. Yeah. But I mean, I guess, what now we can just wax a little poetically about the end of the DCEU. I saw everyone online was saying what a, what a perfect ending to it with that end credit scene of, or meeting a cockroach and a bird. Oh, yeah. Well, to me, um, you know, the, the thing I would, I would probably say uh, my, my last piece of bread, Mike on the bottom, that's going to support this yes. thing is, is number one, this is truly standalone movies. Despite me saying I wish I had Batman, Superman, Shop, Aquaman 1 and 2, you don't need to watch anything else in this universe to understand these, just these two movies. Mm-hmm. And James Wan helped through that. Even though it went against what Zack Snyder showed in Batman v Superman or Justice League, right, with the, the air bubbles that they have to talk in, um, he, he he stayed true to his vision and he, he nailed it through. Then also, they actually built sets for this. Um because there's a scene when they're doing the depot thing and they're like running in and out of the rocks, even though it's a very nondescript set, you can tell it's still a set, right? Like there's stairs and like the rock wall is real when they're moving the cameras, mm-hmm. when they're running up those rock walls. So they did build some sets for these. Even the, the jungle scenes felt like some of those were real, like built. Um, but to me, this movie still feels very much like quantum. This is my Ant-Man quantum mania for DC. <laughs> sure. Because literally at the end of the day, none of it really mattered. You had a big, you know, the villains are kind of similar, right? They were overpowered villains who died at the end because they were trying to get revenge rather than anything else. So, mm-hmm. and a lot of, a lot of the stuff was underwater. Like the, the floating hair CGI didn't really work for me. So if I was compared to this movie, anything, it's Ant-Man quantum mania, but for DC this year, like the actors are great. There are some good spots, but boy, is it just a letdown at the end of the day. So yeah, super super hard to recommend, right? I mean, yeah. sure, uh, it, watch it on watch it on Max in a couple months, uh, but don't yeah. go to the theaters no, to see this. 
Yeah, it might be a good airplane movie, you know, yeah. just trying to kill the time. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a boat. Maybe you're on a boat cruise. Maybe watch it on a yeah, cruise. Yeah, boat movie. Yeah, that, yeah. that nine-month cruise, I'm sure it'll be streaming by the time that thing's still going. That's right. So you, you can check that out. All right, so we're going to shift gears. Our last bit of news here, Mike, is we watched uh, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Um, different times. We were I was very late to this uh, with with the holidays, um, but uh, we, we were both able to watch it. So we're going to talk uh, a review and our discussion about Rebel Moon, A Child of Fire, Part One. Uh, full spoilers ahead. So if you've not seen it, don't don't do it. You can go watch it on Netflix. This is on Netflix, so um, you don't even have to go to the theaters to watch it. You can just uh, you know subscribe to Netflix or. Can't really borrow it anymore. They got that locked yeah. down. But Chris, Chris, I would love to know your thoughts on this oh, movie uh, based on your sandwich analogy. Yeah. What is the sandwich looking so, like okay. for Rebel Moon? <laughs> uh, pretty much like uh, like like Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom. Uh, I've got some good notes and I've got some bad notes, Mike. Um, the good notes is I will say uh, first and foremost uh, about this movie: every actor is truly believes in what they're doing with Zack Snyder and they're, they're, no actor is out of place or does a bad job in this film Mike um, and, and I gotta give him credit because literally um, if you just didn't have your heart into it or didn't believe it you could do a pretty bad job but every actor sells their role and does a really really good job in this movie and so I give them very I give them very much credit for, for sticking to their tropes of their characters that they had to play in this movie despite how little screen time most of them get at the end of the day Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Do you agree with that? Like the actors are, yes, are probably saying that's fine. I agree. And I think in that same sentiment, uh, we were talking off mic just before we started a recording that I watched this movie a couple days after it was released. So uh, it's been a bit since I've seen it. And now trying to reflect back on it and think about it, I'm just like, what happened in this movie? I feel like I can remember three scenes that pretty much sum up everything that happened in the film. Like, you could do a cut down of this and you could just digest it very easily in like a 12 minute YouTube video. What I've considered doing is putting this, uh, so we're off the bread. We're, we're into the, the meat of this <laughs> compliment sandwich is that um, if I just sped up the, the slowdown sections in this, it would probably be like an hour long movie, right? Like most <laughs> oh of the movies. The whole, the, 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 the slowdowns go so slow that they go slow even inside them. There's nested slow motion where they're doing that, uh, the Harry Potter buckbeak taming section oh, yeah. and the guys floating in the air in slow-mo. It's ramped down the slow-mo, right? And then right as he passes over the sun, Steiner was like, no, more and slows it down even more and then they ramp it back up to slow motion and then regular motion was like oh my god he cannot be helped this yeah this movie suffers from a lot of the standard Zack snyder um not they're not tropes what are they at this point just just his flair his flares right like you can tell you're watching a Zack snyder movie by some of these uh things when they're overused He's nothing if not consistent. Yeah. Everything about this film is bleeding Zack Snyder from the screenplay to the screen to the just so, just every, every, everything feels I, Snyder. So if you don't like him like I already do, there is no help yeah. for me. Yeah, and I, I tried to watch this without knowing he, you know, without saying his body, but I will say I have one big question for this whole entire movie. We have one big ship killing planet in space. They go to this planet, they stop at the smallest fucking farm on this planet <laughs> and ask for grain. When the, Later in the movie, they go to even bigger cities on the planet, Mike. Why would they shop at this shiny, this tiny little town of like, a like what, 15 people live there? Like, why is that the town they stop at on this planet 
where there's more cities that are bigger around. <laughs> I can't I can't pinpoint why that why that they you see them in the sky and they they just go down to this one little bitty town that I wouldn't even see from space if I was looking. Like yeah, it's like it's one of those things where like the inciting incident of your movie just seems to be coincidence in a way, right? Like you know what you're describing, Chris, is if they just happen to go to either a different village or a different planet, like I guess we the story never would have unfolded. Which I guess if you think about it, like oh, that's kind of fun and magical. But then if you think about it even more, that's it how gets even worse. That's <laughs> how Star Wars happened, right? The droids happened to land on the planet where Luke already lived. But, you know, but like, you know, they, they didn't land exactly on Luke's ship. They got picked up by the Jawas who then transported them yeah. over there. But you could almost theoretically imagine the droids do end up finding Ben Kenobi, which is who they're originally there yeah. for. They could have found them another way. Maybe it wasn't Luke. Right. Yeah. And then Ben Kenobi maybe could have unfolded a different adventure. Yeah. Right. Maybe he could have found somebody else. I, I don't know. Right. Right. But, but, but like, this is a very specific incident on a very yeah, small you, thing. And you are bringing up a great point here, though, Chris, about yeah. Star Wars, where this sentiment was shared a lot in the reviews, the early critical reviews of the movie that we talked about like a couple weeks ago on the podcast before you even saw this movie where people are saying every part of this movie you've seen done better in so yeah. many other films <laughs> that it just, and then it brought me back to, uh, uh, um, I don't know exactly where it was, but it was an interview with uh, Nolan when he was working on tenant because Ten tenant is very heavily influenced by his love for 007 and spy movies. But when tenant or when Nolan goes to make these movies, he intentionally avoids, you know, 007 and these James Bond movies altogether, right? Because you don't want to be accidentally influenced or do something similar. You know, you want to be unique and creative. You just want the you just want the the vibes, you know, and the mm -hmm. nostalgia of those movies to affect you when you're making your film. Snyder, it feels like he did the exact opposite, where he just did a marathon of all of his favorite <laughs> movies, and the second he was done watching them, he whipped out his legal pad and just started writing down ideas. Yeah. Like it feels like straight up lifts, not like inspiration. So I. I I even I took notes during this in Aquaman. Uh, I told Mike this. Uh, one of I have the notes of the characters. I even told you every character is briefly in this movie, except for the main girl. I guess um, uh, what I forget her name. The Scar Giver. The Scar Giver. Yeah, <laughs> what, she's got like two name? different names in the in the movie. Her Cora, real name. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah, and that's like her her hidden name. So first and foremost, we're in a Viking village, kind of. Like it's kind of a Viking village, and mm -hmm. uh, you know we've got Viking Corey Stoll as like the the leader of this little green village. And you're like, okay, that's fine. And then next thing you know, you're in your Star Wars Western Cantina with um, uh, Charlie Hunnam, right? Who's playing you know obviously someone you can't trust because he just wants money. Uh, then we talk about the Harry Potter hippogriff dude who looks like a very very dark Matthew McConaughey. Like he's got the same bone structure and everything in his face. Then we get a lightsaber lady. Uh, some lady who's very good. She doesn't want to fight. She wants to talk it out, but she has lightsabers, so she will kill you. Uh, and also, the spider lady was Jenna Malone, a Zack Snyder regular, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, then we get the Gladiator movie with a general from Gladiator who doesn't even do any Gladiator stuff. They just sober him up, pour water on him, and then they move on to the next planet. Mm -hmm. like, he didn't even do anything. Yeah, uh, he's supposed to be like what this like masterful like tactician that's supposed to bring in some strategy he's but yeah, i he's, guess he turned on he had his army turn on the king at one point or whatever so they were like we need him because he can convince people like he can mm -hmm. lead them then there were two twins that kind of showed up on like this um 
very very bad looking you know uh, Blade Runner planet a little bit. So uh, one of those was Ray Fisher, uh, and I didn't know this until he died ten minutes later in the movie because boy he's not <laughs> in there at all. Um, and then um, again at the end of the movie there was Matrix right whenever what's his name uh, Ed Skrein's character dies quote unquote dies he gets plugged into the Matrix where his conscience talks to. Um, a dude and then he comes back to life so boy did they just borrow from every genre all at once like i really hate how little time the characters had to breathe in this they were like he was like i want to stop somewhere first and they're like okay so they pick up a dude and they're like, oh i got more places we can stop so it's like literally like a i don't know a montage of picking up people that we don't care about right along yeah the way. i'm trying i'm trying to remember exactly kind of what it's called in screenwriting, but you want your main character to be proactive and not reactive. Mm -hmm. And Cora is being extremely reactive in this movie. If she didn't find Charlie Hunnam in that bar, like nothing would have happened in this movie, right? She just goes from place to place to place and people just fall in line and she attempts to convince them. Uh, and then they just go with it, right? I saw a lot of people making memes of just like, hey, do you want to join my army? It's like, you oh, no, not bitch, really. Are you, are you sure? It's like, yeah, let's do it. And it's yeah. so it's like you, you, that doesn't feel earned in any way. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough, it, it feels like if for some reason, like Zack Snyder could just like pull it together and maybe even hire a different writer for part two, which I know it's already done. It's already set in stone. That's not going to happen, right? But if that could have happened, there could be a theoretical chance that this movie narratively could be saved in part two because this is an incomplete movie, right? Mm-hmm. This is uh, people complained earlier this year that maybe Spider Verse Two wasn't quite a complete film, but um, uh, Gwen Stacy it, very it much has, had a full arc. It, it's it's not Miles Morales Spider Man; it's Spider Man the movie, which Gwen was a Spider Man, right? So absolutely, yeah. and and you keep. You can't draw any of those uh, parallels yeah. with uh, a rebel. There's yeah. no like you could say maybe that um, our main character finally has I don't know the gumption to stick around and save her plan. I don't even really know. Yeah, what but you she find thinks she's, she thinks it's done. She thinks she's killed him and it's done. Like oh, that. Yeah, I guess that, and then the ending is that he's true. not dead. And then you know, like her adopted father is the person behind all this, as you find out. You're like, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, this I I like Dune. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Dune. I like Dune. Dune Part One's a good movie. It doesn't end on a good note. Ends on a cliffhanger or like a incomplete note. But it actually, you know, I feel Part Two is gonna be great. Like, right, is one big story. This feels like a, you know, hey, um, I went to my toy box and grabbed a bunch of these toys real fast. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get ready for Part Two. But the thing is, we have the trailer for part two, and it doesn't feel anything like a, a good sequel to this. Like It's yeah, like, hey, it's- we're training these people to shoot guns, and oh, uh, that guy you thought was dead is not dead anymore. So, Yeah, you- and I mean... It seems like part two is really, really going to lean into uh, like the trope of Seven Samurai, which has been used everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not only has there been like modern movies, just remakes of Seven Samurai, but like there are so many TV shows. Any sort of action adventure TV show that has spanned more than a couple seasons has done some sort of like kind of like Seven Samurai equivalent of like we're a small band of, you know, scrappy people trying to save a village. So we're going to set up booby traps. We're going to like I I can there's like 
I think Avatar The Last Airbender has like an episode where they do something like this. Like everyone has done this before and Snyder's like, oh, galaxy brain idea. Let's just do it in my part two of my movie. Mm -hmm. And you can even see that in the trailer. You see them like training the townspeople. You know, they're going to I don't I don't know how you defend against a gigantic spaceship. So I guess I'm kind of curious, like how just like a cannon coming through and exploding the entire village doesn't just end the fight, you know. Uh, there's probably going to be some sort of like stupid hacker or something that hacks into the spaceship through some well, sort of like satellite it, and turns it down didn't the, even, it didn't the cannons even, It or didn't something. even show the spaceship. It just shows a bunch of ships landing at the town. I'm like, this. I I don't know what's happening, and I don't I don't care enough about all, any of these characters. All, also, when uh, she like goes all you know like John Wick on the dudes in the um in that like little barn and kills Early them on. all right. Yeah. Uh, how are, how, how are people not alerted? Like, how is the mothership not alerted that like, oh, uh, everyone's dead. Nobody's checked in in like the last day. Like we should probably see what's going on. Like, it seems like the village should have been turned into glass by cannons while they were gone on their adventure. Well, it could have been, I I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Remember if the ship stayed there. Right, it's, they said they'll be back in the nine sh- months. I don't but know. I mean, it's a ship. It, the, the, there's a space vagina that it flies yeah, through. Yeah, it yeah. can get or it can get back. I, I well, I assumed they, there's no communication for nine months because they didn't have anything long range. On uh, I, I forgive that part. I mean, it did think cross my mind there, but I forgive that part easier. Um, the Anthony Hopkins robot that's in the the trailer quite a bit uh, is in this not hardly any at all. Um, no, which it was disappointing. But I hear he's he's more in the R rated cut, which is coming. I'm like, just give us that. Also, like the 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 robot thing is the most the most Zack Snyder thing I could think of of just like I'm gonna give humanity to this robot, and people are gonna love it. But then does not do any of the yeah. work to ingratiate us with the robot, right? Like the robot just shows up for one scene, Two. gets bullied. Two, he kill he kills uh, the main guy or the main uh, the last dude. In the- but but he only gets bullied in one scene. Right. So like. So now all of a sudden the uh, it's a ghost in a shell situation where the robot has sentience and it has feelings and it's well, going to do the right thing now. It's so, like, no, you can't just show me one scene and all of a sudden I'm going to believe this AI has gone good. Well, this isn't like a C-3PO R2-D2 situation. I, I, the, the robot hasn't gone good. What they have, what he set up was a situation where you're leading to believe that this girl is the daughter of the king even though she's you find out later she's not then you think they say this robot only takes orders from the imperial like the king right so like it won't do anything you know it won't kill anyone it'll only protect the the the, the person so when it shoots that person you think it's protecting the king's daughter like the missing king's daughter but it's not you kind of she was the guardian of the king's daughter so where is the king's daughter in this like what happened who to cares her? <laughs> well, i care because that's the only person who can do anything about this the only person who can come in and, and bring out an army of these robots is the king's daughter carrie was in his fucking jim carrey dumb and dumber haircut in the beginning of this movie I, it took me right out of him like oh he looked better later with the beard and stuff but like I, this king fell this kingdom fell he was assassinated what 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 is this part that they're telling us about show us what it is like that's the important part right that the child of fire we need to know about rather than yeah and that later on and it's and it's pretty obvious that the king they showed like the king's daughter like bringing like a i think a a bird bird back to life or something so so you already know they're going to do a grogu thing where one of our you know one of our heroes is on death's door but she comes it's the main girl you know it's the main and heals them Yeah. yeah and then like the the whole the love relationship between that that farmer that was in 
control of like the inventory of the crops. Uh-huh. All of a sudden at the end of the movie, he's in love with the main character it's just like this is an entirely one-sided relationship the um uh cora has not really she's been pretty driven to do one specific thing and we just have this oh, dude no. like simping in the background yeah yeah, yeah. They, they they that's how the movie started mike he was simping in the background when she was working in the fields remember <laughs> right there he's like i'm gonna just come check on you now if oh. you were concerned about this do not worry because zack center has said the r-rated cut will be more bizarre and have a lot of sex I suppose we could. I, surprisingly, <laughs> out of the two movies that we we just talked about here, I wasn't expecting Rebel Moon to be the one that had the tentacle sex in it. Yeah, I, I figured that would be an Aquaman yeah. and not Rebel Moon. Ed Scrain, which was surprising. Who who played Ajax in Deadpool One? Um, just plays a Nazi so well. Like he just like <laughs> is it his bone uh, structure? Is it like his his personality? He plays a bad guy with such great. Yeah. greatness i can't i can't fault him for that it's 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 the angles that he's got so many yeah. angles on his face he also totally Zack snyder of loves to lay it on as thick and as obvious as possible he's like what should the bad guys look like in this movie make Nazi. them look like nazis. nazis don't think about it too much give them like the 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 dusting the coat dusters or the whatever you call them the hats and, um, and, the, and the long coats yeah yeah make up some sort of like symbol on their coat that like is not a swastika but like maybe it kind of could be a space swastika i really um, want people I, to hate these people innately without us telling them why they hate them yeah so. The, the best part about this movie, though, for me, Chris, was luckily you watched it after me. So you kind of got to like live tweet me directly as yeah. you were watching it, which was the the best, I, most fun I had with this movie. Um, and I told you, we were kind of talking about like this weird, like little Viking farm town or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, there's this bizarre exterior shot of the town where uh, you see this gigantic mountain in the background and there's like a huge waterfall coming out of it. it. It feels very odd. It doesn't feel like it kind of fits the aesthetic of this kind of desolate moon yeah. a little bit in a way. Um, and it just feels like Zack Snyder went into one art meeting at the beginning and just liked everything and just said, yeah, let's do it because I, we, I can't give it the same compliment that we gave uh, Aquaman lost kingdom where the, the set design makes a lot of sense. Uh, everything the set feels sucked. cohesive. The, the sets felt like the volume uh, through and through. <laughs> uh, everything was CGI. Yeah. The alien designs were awful. The bounty hunters look like orcs from Lord of the Rings. I hate to use Lord of the Rings twice, oh, but they are they orcs look Lord of the Rings. Identical. Like yeah. he just said, just give me an orc. Like I think I got a leftover like silicone mask that I bought in an auction. Let's just use it yeah. or something. The the uh, one the king guy on the on the neon planet looked the coolest out of all the alien designs. Um, he was, yeah, he looked, yeah, he kind of like that squid guy. He looked pretty cool. I, I he, do think they that achieved was, something there. Whoever designed that was the best one on the, on the whole thing because everybody else, yeah. everything else was uninspired. The ships were uninspired. Like they looked so, if you go watch Battlestar Galactica from 2003, it looked, the ships look better than the ships yeah. in this. Which is weird. Cause I'm not ex- necessarily expecting these like big, like military vessels to look unique in a way. I understand they're utilitarian, but they introduce the movie. The very first shot is we get to see this big ship and how special and unique it is. They say, this is like the planet killing ship or whatever. This has been roaming through the galaxy, like causing destruction on countless toll. And it's just like, Oh, it just looks like this very nondescript is it a good spaceship like there's nothing special about it i couldn't tell yeah i couldn't tell anything like it it looks like they're mass manufacturing me i wouldn't 
be surprised if there was like five or six of them out there roaming around, but this one is supposed to be special in some way. Yeah, it like, wasn't. There's no, there's, I don't like this movie. I don't like Zack Snyder. He has had nothing but chances to prove himself to me. He's been giving more and more opportunities, more and more power to where now he's just writing his own scripts. Everything he's done recently is bad. I think 300, frankly, is probably just a fluke. Um, uh, was it the what's his first zombie movie called? Oh, Dawn of the um, Dead, which was written by James th- Gunn. Yeah, and that that is just pure like not beginner's luck well, necessarily, well, also but a like remake. you, you yeah, you put in more effort when you're trying to prove yourself to Hollywood. I want to meet the executive that has fallen in love with Zack Snyder so much. There is somebody at that studio giving him chance after chance after chance. I can't imagine well, that this I, does not I, I, kill his on. contract at Netflix. Well, you got yes. There is no, like he's only had one chance at Netflix. Right. So I wouldn't say that uh, there's someone who's fallen in love with him. Well, he had army of the dead and then he had all of those okay, like okay, proposed so like sequels yeah. and spinoffs well, that's fine, that's and comic books uh, unless and it hap- all of that stuff. It, unless it happens. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not counting. So he had army of the dead and then he had this. And then he was at Warner Brothers, and they tried to kick him out. So I assume after this third one, the problem is he probably gets the fucking watches. Like people are watching this because it, you know, that it's new content right now, and it's free on Netflix. Like my 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 assumption is again, you don't make money on a streaming service. Netflix is probably I don't know how much the movie costs, but after two of them, they're probably going to have to figure out a way to make money off of it, and we're not just not going to see it. <laughs> Chris, you sent me. Um, you were at like a Walmart, and you yeah. took a picture. Oh of my an fucking god! Yes, the Walmart full items. of of Rebel Moon merchandise, and I just I laughed because I was like, "Who is buying this? This movie, this franchise hasn't even been established yet." It's like, and Netflix is very very picky about merchandising. Like, it's basically only Stranger Things. And you really have to elevate yeah. to get Netflix to make you a T-shirt or like a Funko Pop like, or something. And Rebel Moon has like collectible like cups or something. I saw. Oh, there's 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 chips you can buy. Um, yeah. Okay. Here I, I found up. So they have um yeah two pack of collectible steins. Govee has branded uh, these Netflix Rebel Moon lights, but they're just lights in a different box. There's G Fuel energy drinks. Uh, there's a collectible um, the robot. It says it looks like a, a speaker. The, the robot has a speaker. You can get the dropship toy, and you can get cheddar cheese puffs. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, this. I've seen this now in some other things, too, where they, they bundle some of these together. But I'm like, well, Rebel Moon has got the branding here. We'll see how much. How long do you think until these go on clearance, Mike, uh, is what I'm going to oh ask Oh, my God. You. So, uh, before Valentine's Day. Yeah, so I expect <laughs> to see these on clearance. Uh, I, I almost thought about buying the um, Velt cheddar cheese um, things just to try them. But, um, but obviously I didn't, but like, I will say, I, I don't hate this movie because it's bad. I hate this movie because it's generic and there's nothing yeah. there to remind me of it. Like there, there's like maybe three, like you said, three good ideas in this movie. The rest of it, not worth my time. And yeah. I feel the extended edition, the director's cut, which is just going to be more bizarre and a lot of sex. Isn't really going to sell me. I'm wanting to watch this movie anymore. <laughs> because like that's yeah. not what I was, I'm not missing bizarre. I'm not missing sex. I'm missing uniqueness and plot and, and, and things that we care about at the end of the day. At, at least like if they if they kind of 
put like a, a like the boys filter over it, right? Yeah. Like give me like exploding juicy bodies, give me like weird alien sex. At least there's something in my carnal primal caveman brain that will attach myself to the screen that I'm watching. So I think it so, possibly could help on that primal level. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think the thing that annoys me the most about this movie, and this this is like kind of talking point hardly ever pops up in my head when we're talking about movies. But if you're looking at individual studios or Hollywood as a whole, there is a finite amount of money every year for movies, right? All of these studios set budgets and they plan their sl- slates and everything. Hardly anything that ever gets made anymore is original, right? It's all based on IP. It's franchise. It's either based on a toy or an old comic book or something, right? So it's so frustrating that Netflix kind of like said, okay, we have this slot for two big budget streaming movies, right? And they can be original. They don't have to be based on IP. We just want something. Who should we give this opportunity to? And it goes to Zack Snyder and he doesn't even have the the grace to even find somebody else to write it for him. Like, I feel like at least that could have saved him if he was just like, I have this amazing writers on this movie, just so you know, but you, but like he, his, he's all story. I know. I'm just telling you there are three. I'm not giving him right. I'm not giving him. There are three people who are assaulting us on this movie, Mike. It's not just, him. it's just like, (laughs) like, I'm sure like he's a, he's a successful movie director. I'm sure he has his own production studio. I don't remember what it's called that has stacks and stacks of scripts that get submitted. Like there's no, no one can convince me that the, that the movie he made is better than just any random script that you could have pulled off of his desk. So I, what I'm trying to say is I'm more upset of the opportunity that was missed with these two dumb movies that we're, are, that we haven't even finished yet. So that's what makes me the most upset. Mm-hmm. But like, I guess, you know, I don't know. I guess that the, this is the, this is the internet's fault. It's the Snyder cult that got this movie made. Some Netflix saw that there's enough social push and energy out there that we can get these made. And I'm glad it's biting him in the ass. Nobody likes this. There, movie. there, there will be, there will be, um, I guess I come up. It's eventually right. You can't continually bounce around, you know, theaters and, or, you know, not saying Netflix is going to get rid of them, but like, I don't have the stats to look at this. We, 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 Netflix has to give out numbers now. Right. Isn't that part yeah. of the writing thing? Yes. So, but they won't be public. They, no, they have to. They will be just. They will be for the writers guild specifically. But I think they can make. Or, they made those public for December, so or for November, right? So we will possibly see the actual numbers on this come January. I would like to. I want the hackers get into Netflix and show me that PDF that's uh, not for public scene. I want to see that slide from the keynote that shows me how well these are doing. Yeah. So um, th- in the middle of December, they they give audience consumption numbers for nearly every tv show movie in this library every month now uh, according according to to netflix so um in january uh, i guess mid-january we'll be able to take a look at this and see if that's what it is um and and, and what those numbers are because again we we don't again it, it can be this you know people may enjoy this people may not know any better maybe they're it's a netflix on netflix do you sit down and watch things on netflix or do you put it on in the background while you're on your phone half the time because this is a movie i easily get on my phone and, and, and not pay attention to what's in the background. Right. Mm-hmm. And if, if that was the case, that doesn't offend me. It's just content on in the background. But at the same time, we have to sit here and talk about this because Zack Snyder directed several DC movies and did all this other stuff. I, I think, you know, uh, you, you, you could do better. And I just wish we had the stats to figure out why he keeps getting these. Like why, why does he, who, 
is it actually drawing in viewers? Is it getting subscriptions for Netflix? I don't know. But I will tell you, I'm not going to watch the extended edition. But in, what, four months, we get to watch part two, The Scar Giver. And hopefully, we can either see he pulls something out of his hat, or uh, most likely, uh, it falls flat, like everything else we've, we've got to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have linked the, the, the end credit scene of part one is the trailer for part two. For anyone who doesn't know, there's no post credits. Mm-hmm. It's just the trailer. So it's in the show notes if you want to watch that. I watched it, still couldn't get a lot out of it. So um, I just think it's funny. Ray Fisher died like literally 10 minutes after they introduced him in the movie. I'm like, I'm like, well, like he, they have the technology. Apparently, yeah. maybe they'll bring him back to life in that goo. I don't bubble. think so. I think, I think, I think he died, died. I think the other one, you know, well, he should have died. But anyway, uh, oh, how do I how do I end the sandwich here? How do I end the sandwich? Um, Can say now say something good yeah, about your partner. Yeah. So <laughs> at the end at the end of of uh, Rebel Moon, I will say you know the oh the, I, I I have one. Uh, if you have one, I have it. one as well. Go ahead. You start with yours. I I for the most part I liked the 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 handcuff robot things that like pop out of oh. like a briefcase and then oh, they, yeah. like those visually look cool. You know, it reminded me a lot of the destroyer droids, just kind of based on their general shape. Yeah. But I do also think it was equally stupid that the key that turns it on and off is, is the, the, also the same thing that kills you. Yeah. So I thought that was really weird. Yeah, yeah, that was that's kind of uh, that's kind of interesting. I do. Uh, so okay, I'll give you I'll give you two things here. Two things I enjoy about this at the end of the day. One. You, you mentioned you earlier on that there's a someone who can just turn off the things remotely. There's no tech in this. They actually rely very little on technology in this universe other than the ships flying. And I appreciate that, right? Like, there's no one hacking. There's no one, like, taking over or planning little, like, beacons. Like, it's very much just, like, yeah, the, we're, we're, we're doing business the old-fashioned way. So I do enjoy that we don't have to worry about the technology of this world. Like, it's just here it is and here's how it works kind of deal. Uh, the other thing is... And this is also a flaw as well as a compliment is that it's a competent film. Despite all of the suckiness that it is, it, it actually is a competent film. It is filmed and it was done. So, um, <laughs> oh, okay. I see. Yeah. They finished it. That's your compliment. It, they, 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 finished they filmed it. It, it. it looked like a movie. If I accidentally walked in and someone was watching, it, I'm like, Oh yeah, they're watching a movie. I could tell actually, you know what it was? It was this, I told you the sound. It was a sound design. We didn't talk about, um, there you go. We, we, yeah. That's we said, the, if we ran into it. Zack Snyder and he said, what did you think of rebel movie? We're like, well, we really like the sound. Uh, yeah, the sound the sound was great. You nailed it. Yeah, I, I listened to it. With <laughs> sounded my, like a movie. I, I listened to it with my Atmos speakers, and it did fill like a lot of the like you know around and, and ups and downs. Like the gaps were there, so like I could really tell it, it, again at the end whenever they blow up the ships at the end, um, whenever the big battle is on that gangway, the 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 Cloud City gangway, which yeah. is Cloud City where you get betrayed at. Well, of course it is. That's how Empire Strikes Back <laughs> happened. Um, but like that, those explosions really came from all around, and I, I thought that was a really good, good f- effect overall. So, um, yeah, yeah well, we, we did I it. guess, I guess you know, stay tuned, stay subscribed Ugh. until until next year. April. We'll be talking about part two in April. I'm sure we'll be talking about Avatar: The Last Airbender in February. Yeah. Uh, something's something's coming out in January. I think I don't know if it's necessarily a superhero thing, but I swear there's something larger budget scale that's happening in january i don't know what it is but craven was in january and then it was moved um madam web i think is still february so boy do we have a really mixed year coming (laughs) guys uh uh, and then march is dune so yeah we've got we've got a pretty pretty loaded first quarter so 
Yeah. I mean, Chris, I know we've been going pretty hard at this episode, end of the year wrap up. We had to catch up just in general since we were out next week. Uh, one last, last week. thing real quick. Do you have do you have any predictions about literally anything that you want to you want to lobby out there in the world just in case if you're oh. right, you can brag about it that you have it recorded down for the internet? Man, I wish I wish you'd just give me a thought to think of for next week rather than on the spot here cuz I don't off, <laughs> off the off the top of my head no, uh, we'll do it. We can do that next week. Yeah, I think that'd yeah. be a fun way to start the year, predictions of yeah, where things we, will go. Yeah, we can, yeah, so we'll, we'll end here with our predictions. If anyone else has listened this far and has any predictions, send them over to us. We want to know your predictions as well. Um, and we can give you credit. But yeah, I think I think we um, if you give me something to think about for next week because I feel there's going to be a shakeup somewhere, but I don't know what that's, where, where that is. Yet, so. <laughs> Something's going to happen sometime, somewhere yeah. with somebody. <laughs> well, I think, I think it's going to be um, a, a bigger, a bigger twist and uh, in, in a weird way. So I just don't know what it is yet. I've got to, I've got to put my, put, look my finger, put it to the wind and figure out which way the wind's blowing for that. All but right. So yeah, tune we'll in next week, folks. That's right. We'll be back next week. Mike, if people want to know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at my friend? Yeah, they can read my webcomic at liferewardsrisk.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where are you? Find me on Instagram, Valdan87, V-A-L-D-A-N, uh, or Video Game Systems of the same name. If people want to know more about the show, uh, we're going to get all the weekly goodies at... Yes, head on over to superheroslate.com. That is the moon where we are rebelling uh, right over there. Uh, we're we're growing wheat, I think it was. Wheat for some reason. Well, we're, we, oh, we God, don't have enough thing. crops to share, Mike. We have no crops. <laughs> Uh, another funny thing about that movie, I just remembered, like, nothing was really alien. It was just kind of like, oh, we grow wheat here. I was like, you're in a That's, different galaxy. Like, yeah. Can't it just be something else? <laughs> Why is it wheat? It, it's... It, <laughs> Andor had the same problem. I feel everybody was human and they were white people. So that's really <laughs> where I have to draw my line. But yes. Anyway, anyway superheroslate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you listen to find podcasts. We have an awesome upcoming release calendar on our website. So if you want to see everything that's slotted for 2024, head on over there to check it out. Um, you want to get merch? We got it at superheroslate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. Like Chris said, what is your prediction for 2024? Uh, whatever it is we want to know, send it in to us and we can, we can officially log it for you on the internet. And if you're right, you can come back and, um, brag about it. That's right. So or I'll steal it. And if you want, yeah, Chris will steal it. And if you want to be a super fan of this show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend and share with the show, the buddy, and we'll be back next year, folks. That's right. We'll see you guys next year. Bye.